Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their sites Ours free for you over at freetalklive.com. Well, as always, there is a lot to talk about here, but of course your calls are the primary element if you make them. Again, the number is 1-800-259-9231. To start things out tonight, there's a disturbing story over at the New York Times about the Boy Scouts. Now, normally when you think about the Boy Scouts, you think of uh, you know a wholesome group of young men that are learning how to tie knots and camp out and having... You know, some eye-opening experiences with their uh, troop masters in some cases. You think of things like, you know, that are relatively harmless. But then you hear about programs like this one. New York Times reporting, 10 minutes into errant mayhem in this town near the Mexican border and the gunman, a disgruntled Iraq war veteran, has already taken out two people, one slumped in his desk, the other covered in blood on the floor. The responding officers, eight teenage boys and girls, the youngest 14, Face tripwire, a thin cloud of poisonous gas and loud shots fired from behind a flimsy wall. They move quickly, pellet guns drawn and masks affixed. United States Border Patrol, put your hands up, screams one in a voice cracking with adolescent determination. Or maybe I should have, United States Border Patrol, put your hands up. Maybe that would have been what it sounded I like. I suspect these young men are probably well beyond the uh, the, the voice cracking stage. It says his voice cracked with adolescent determination. All right. Uh, youngest of them is 14. Anyway, it's all quite a step up from the square knot. The Explorers Program, a co-educational affiliate of the Boy Scouts of America that began 60 years ago, is training thousands of young people in skills used to confront terrorism, illegal immigration, and escalating border violence. An intense ratcheting up of one of the group's longtime missions to prepare youths for more traditional jobs as police officers and firefighters. A.J. Lowenthal, the sheriff's deputy, or one of the sheriff's deputies in Imperial County, whose, and this is California, whose life clock, he says, is set around the Explorers events that he helps run, says, This is about being a true-blooded American guy and girl. It fits right in with the honorary and bravery of the Boy Scouts. So apparently you're a true-blooded American if you want to be a cop, if you want to be a Border Patrol agent. I think that's his suggestion. The training, which leaders say is not intended to be applied outside the simulated explorer setting, involves chasing down illegal border crossers, as well as more dangerous situations that include facing down terrorists and taking out active shooters, like those who bring gunfire and death to college campuses. In a simulation here of a raid on a marijuana field, several explorers were instructed on how to quiet an obstreperous lookout. A Border Patrol agent explained, put him on his face and put a knee in his back. I guarantee that he'll shut up. You know, this isn't what I think of when I think of the Boy Scouts. I think of uh, kids that are taught how to try uh, tie knots, track. Um, if they use a gun, yeah. the, the intent is that they're using the gun to bring down food. Um, you know, those kind of things. I have never heard of the Boy Scouts being used as a training ground for government bureaucrats. I'm not saying that a lot of uh, Eagle Scouts or Boy Scouts or whatever haven't gone into government training thereafter, but I've never 
uh, I've never understood the Boy Scouts to be a training ground for those kind of jobs. Well, they are saying here it's an intense ratcheting up of the program. The Explorers program has been around for decades. I mean, they say over 60 years at this point, but apparently it's ratcheted up uh, recently. And why not, Mark? I mean, where better to find recruits for potential uh, government authoritarian kind of uh, crush them under the boot style jobs than the Boy Scouts. I mean, it's a it's a group of young men who has been essentially prepared with the uh, the ideals of the ideas of nationalism. I mean, it, that's when you become a Boy Scout, you have to swear an oath. I remember when I was in the little Boy Scout thing, I never actually got to the rank of Boy Scout. You were a Scout? No, no. I uh, I went to become a I went I never did Cub Scouts okay. I I went to try this Boy Scout thing because my mom made me go after something else happened that I didn't want to be a part of anyway so I went to these meetings and you you have to swear like an oath to God or something like that the God in the country I promise to do my best to do my duty to God and my country and obey the laws of the pack that's the one that's the you kind of jing- jingoism <laughs> that goes on you can't be atheist and you can't be gay uh, yeah Scout. and I was an atheist uh, by that point and I. You know, I hadn't come to my liberty conclusions quite clearly yet at that point in my life, but I was pretty much an atheist, and so I had a real problem saying that particular oath. So I actually never made it into the Boy Scouts proper because you have to actually be able to say the oath to get like the Boy Scout patch. Yes, that it's says the, that you're it's in the, the first Boy thing. Right, so I never even made it that far. And, but they take, wow. they get you kind of young. I mean, I went into to Cub Scouts, and I don't know how old I was, but I was rather young, maybe yeah, I was ten or something like that. And um, so, so you know, I I I made those oaths before I would have ever thought to to question those oaths. Exactly, exactly. So I did think to question it, but it just goes to show what my point here is: these this is a group of boys, a group of young men that is primed to yeah. accept this kind of uh, job, primed to accept the message of, well, boys. Do you want to be a worker for the rest of your life in some job? Or do you want to be a real American and go out and help your government catch illegal immigrants and terrorists? <laughs> yeah. Well, you get to carry guns, right? <laughs> well, right now you'll have these guns with the orange caps in them, but we promise you one day you'll get to carry a real gun. And they show the picture here of the uh, New York Times story. They're holding... Was it 250 guns that the uh, Department of Homeland Security lost over the last couple of years? Since 2006. Uh, yeah, we didn't get to that story. You had it, yeah. I think, in the show. It was kind of a week. good one, yeah. They lost, yeah, they lost that over time. So just the bureaucrats just leaving their guns places and, and things yeah. like that. Keeping us safe, let, leaving uh, guns in bathrooms where kids can get a hold of them. Now, this. The, the Boy Scouts are really beyond criticism amongst conservative circles because I know back when I was still in those circles and I was pretty deep in them, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you, um, Talk about the fact, like, like you know, I was in Log Cabin Republicans, which is a gay Republican group, and if you talk about the fact that they're, you know, discriminating against against gay people and that you don't want to donate to them anymore, there are people who would just like, even though they might agree with you about that fact, they'd be, yeah, but they're generally such an important, good organization for kids that we can't stop supporting them. Yeah, just you look need the to other keep way, sending Bill. them your money, yeah. and you know, we'll try to, you know, we can fix that. But in the meantime, they're such, they're such a good organization for kids and everything. And and the more and more that I learn about them, I'm like, no, I, no, this uh, is bad. I really, you know. That's that's actually pretty minor in the yeah, big team. Yeah, I'm not quite ready to jump on the board with you guys and call the Boy Scouts bad. Um, I you know I mean my experiences in the Boy Scouts were wholesome and good, and I liked the things that I got out of them. I did lots of camping experiments. I'm not saying there's no I'm value. Experience. I'm sure there's a lot of that. I mean, I'm sure there's you know good skills that you learn. I'm sure that there's you know some some sense of 
of you know or, or, and a good chance to socialize with other kids and make friends and things like that. But yeah. there's also suppression of the individual and becoming part of the collective and thinking and the in nationalism. Terms of, and yes, then certainly the, the rampant nationalism. nationalism. They do the oath thing at every meeting, do they not? I don't think so. No, I know they do the pledge of allegiance at uh, at every meeting. I suspect meeting. they do, but they do the pledge of allegiance at you know so many different. I've That's gone no the, excuse. I've gone to the I've gone to uh, you know Chamber of Commerce. If you love liberty, you shouldn't be sending your uh, your son to the Boy Scouts. I think I think they're. The YMCA way too has dangerous. a good, uh, a good program. As I, I, I would, it. I would like to see better alternatives yeah. come up, like and, the Liberty uh, Scouts. There was or talk something. about, there was some talk about something happening here, um, in New Hampshire with uh, actually letting the kids themselves run it. That's a cool with, idea. With the help of adults, with adults on hand to help and to yeah. assist, but have it be primarily run by the kids themselves, the older kids. Sure. You know, the older kids would kind of run it, and then. And then, and it would be sort of an alternative where they could do the sorts of learn the sorts of skills and have the opportunity for being with other kids and 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 things like that that you get out of an opportunity like the Boy Scouts, Absolutely. but without all the indoctrination and without that the, without the brainwashing and the suppression of individuality. I mean, as somebody who doesn't have kids, I I fully support that idea. If I had if I had a son or daughter, I mean, because I imagine that there'd be a value in having a girls maybe co-ed, you know, maybe do it that way. It was going to be co-ed, yeah. I believe, yeah. Because yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of a weird thing, too. Like, keep them separate from those girls. They might cause trouble. Uh, why not go co-ed? Anyway, uh, this this is just a disturbing story here. Looking at the picture in the story from the New York Times, you basically got little jackboots here. I mean, they, they have the MP5s. They're carrying MP5s at the ready. Uh, the, they have the little orange plugs in the front, though. They've got the, the blue, uh, dark kind of corrections officer style uniform with vests on, with all the pockets. I mean, they are decked out, the short haircuts and everything. Ready to injure, in, invade Poland. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll get back to a little bit more about this, because it's not just the Boy Scouts. Obviously, there are there are young ladies involved in this program as well. Uh, and take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. What were your experiences with the Scouts? This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. Whether it's sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving or burgers on the 4th of July, kids associate certain foods with certain occasions. Family traditions are important to them, so when planning your holiday or birthday menu, keep in mind what they like most and invite the kids to cook up a new food tradition. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Attention. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features include our bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. You'll find there's a lot to talk about there. Everything from silly nonsense to serious stuff. You'll find it at bbs.freetalklive.com. And it's free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. LibertyStickers.com. I've got uh, several of their stickers on the back of my vehicle. I guess uh, three 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 stickers between two vehicles. And they're anything from the, the uh, very loud Liberty messages to more subtle ones. Uh, you know, my wife didn't want to drive around in one that uh, seemed quite so... Confrontational, so I'd put a nice subtle one that says "Please stop bombing Pakistan" on it. So there you go. You can go to libertystickers.com and peruse through hundreds of Liberty stickers there, and uh, get your mess- message of liberty out to 
well, t- tens of thousands of people a day sometimes, depending on where you are. LibertyStickers.com. All right, so we're sharing a story from the New York Times. Start things out here tonight about the Explorers. It's apparently a division that is directly tied into. It's called a co-educational affiliate of the Boy Scouts of America, and basically it brings young males and females apparently in uh, into the realm of law enforcement, uh, into the realm of busting terrorists and illegal immigrants. And gets them all excited and jazzed up about being as uh, what A.J. Lowenthal, sheriff's deputy in Imperial County, California, says is a true-blooded American guy and girl. Because you aren't true-blooded unless you're a government bureaucrat toting a weapon. Yeah, busting in on people and putting your knee in their middle of their back. One participant, Felix Arce, 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 A-R-C-E, Arce, Arce, 16 years old, said he liked the discipline of the program, which was something that he said his life was lacking. I want to be a lawyer, and this teaches you about how crimes are committed, he said. <laughs> You're right. It does teach you about committing <laughs> crimes, doesn't it? Well, You're the criminal. You're hurting people. It's your job as a, a border enforcer or a, a, a cop in these cases, in most cases with police SWAT teams, which is essentially some of the things they're simulating here, doing raids and stuff like that. In 99% of the cases, you're not going after you know some murderer or madman holed up with hostages. You're going after drug, you're doing drug raids. I'd say 99% is probably a pretty good number. You know, and I was talking to a, a guy today, and um, you know, I just met him at the coffee shop, and he he was like, you know, claiming that we go over the top when we we term, use the term jackbooted thug. So this guy had listened to the show, or what? Yeah, actually, okay. he said, uh, "Let me ask you a silly question. Is your name Mark?" Oh boy. Um, and I yeah. I'm Did like, he recognize your voice, or had he seen you on the television? Um, voice. Okay. Um, anyway, he said. Uh, you know, he felt we go go over the top there, and and he thinks my partner's crazy, which I completely agreed with. I'm like, absolutely, let me, let me buy you a drink. I'm like, no, just kidding. A lot of people confuse crazy with out of the mainstream. Uh, well, absolutely. It, it, you know, if you look at the definitions, out of the mainstream is pretty close yeah, to crazy. I guess so. Um, but anyway, the but, he, the, but Ian is a sane person in an insane world. Is there the way you I go? Like to think about it. He, <laughs> a good way he to felt think about like. It. Um, Thank you, Dale. Right. <laughs> He felt like uh, the, using the term jackbooted thug was, you know, it's pushing the limits and that it's kind of an insult to people that actually have to deal with jackbooted thugs on a regular basis. And, you know, in thinking about it, I don't think so because generally when we're talking about it, it is people that have to deal with jackbooted thugs on a regular basis. Yeah, if, if, you're, we're, if, if I'm you're talking a, about a peace officer, I'll call him a peace officer. Yeah, if you're talking about a, a, a you know, an illegal alien or, or somebody who happens to be of of uh, Muslim sort of defen- uh, descent, try going through a, an air, um, you know, an airport uh, checking line. My friend, uh, his name was Ali. Oh and, boy, that's a flag. Yeah, right. <laughs> he said. I don't even bother imagining that I'm not going to get frisked. Yeah. Now, I've heard other people say that, uh, you know, the, they give their anecdotal stories where, the you know, the, the young Arab man goes through and the the, late, the old lady behind him gets frisked. I've never seen that happen. Mm. But I did go to, through the um, airport line with Ali four times. I'm sure it and must happen. And four times he, had a, he, he was randomly selected. So what I'm sure it happens because I'm sure I think it's in Ann Coulter books. <laughs> he says it. It must it's be true. getting frisked after the uh, Middle so, Eastern. So you know, my experience is that uh, you know people of those you know. So so I mean, what what's it like for them? If it may not be like that for me, and it's not like that for me, but what's it like for them? Let's go to Taryn listening in Georgia. Uh, we'll continue the the jackboot uh, or the uh, explorer young jackboot program uh, here in a little bit. Taryn, you're on in, in Georgia listening to Free Talk Live. Hello. 
Hey, fellas, how are you? Hey, dude, it's Taryn from. Uh, are you Taryn from LCL Report or Taryn from Wheels Off Liberty? I mean, how do we I, introduce you? I, I I still roll with uh, LCL Report, but uh, if I don't mention Wheels Off Liberty, Jamie hurts me at night. So I <laughs> oh, you guys are sleeping together now, huh? <laughs> He, that's, we are sharing a room next weekend, so he told me I had to mention it or bad things will happen. It's my understanding he's <laughs> an ex- expert uh, man-eater. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> definitely don't want him biting, is it next, sure. Is it next weekend? Uh, what? No, what, what is oh, uh, next weekend else. is um, okay. the Missouri Libertarian State Convention, and they actually invited Wheels Off Liberty to speak, and wow. I'm kind of the third wheel on uh, you know trying to fill in for Mike while he's gone, and um, so I'm uh, I'm helping out with that and going... And, you know, I'm like the, uh, do you remember the Dukes of Hazard when they replaced one set of Dukes with, like, lookalikes later yeah. on in the season because they, they couldn't afford them anymore? Yes. <laughs> Maybe y'all. You do? Okay. Yes. Unless somebody gets that joke. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So what's up, Taryn? Uh, well, I'm actually here to talk to you a little bit about the state in, in force, which you guys are right on topic with this, but... Um, I'm going to tell a uh, kind of personal story tonight, which unfortunately um, I really didn't want to talk about, but people kept saying I, I should call in and talk about it. And I'm going to, um, um, I'm going to keep Facebook all the thing? names out of it. But basically, I had an old friend that I grew up with in high school that, um, you know, uh, we were in Facebook, and there's debates all the time on my pages about, you know, I'll say something, and there'll be, and I'm sure you guys, if you've been on Facebook, you have the same crap happen where it'll, uh, it, you know, people argue and argue and argue. Well, what happened was uh, one of my old friends got in an argument with somebody, and they took it offline and started fighting, you know, with emails and IMs, and it just really got down to the lowest level, of, you know, like some pretty rough stuff they were saying to each other. And um, and my original friend, that uh, him and his wife got really mad at me because I wasn't standing up for him, mm. and. Um, and they, you know, defriended me on Facebook. And, and I'm telling you this story because I'm not trying to bring all this drama up, but what I'm telling you this is there's a moral to this story that people think I should point out. What happened was my old friend from, from you know, elementary school and high school was so mad about it that he actually knows that I illegally open carry all the time. I um, In Georgia, the, the laws are all messed up, and I... I do a lot of civil disobedience as far as gun civil disobedience because I, I think that's, you know, I'm, I, I carry a gun no matter what just because I feel safe. Um, I live in a rough area. I almost got robbed two weeks ago at this place where I work. And so I, I keep a gun with me out of safety. But um, so basically he had posted on his page that he was going to snitch me out. Oh, boy. That he knows I'm carrying a gun and he was going to call the cops and tell him that. And it, it kind of puts me in major danger, really, because I sell jewelry. Um, I'll pick this up at the end of this, yeah. but it, it, it's just... Go ahead. Yeah, I definitely want to hear the rest of your story here. And yeah. I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with this because I saw some of the comments you're, you're referring to, and, and I didn't get to see the nastiness that you were talking about because apparently when you delete yourself from someone's friends, when you remove yourself from a friend on Facebook, it also removes all the comments you've ever posted. So mm. the, the trail is, uh, is, uh, is dry. More coming up here with Taryn and your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. From the last margins of the land of Big Brother comes a new pro-freedom website. The UK Libertarian rails against the country's ridiculous regulation. It's crumbling National Health Service. It's disintegrating government schools. 
and the political parasites leeching more of our freedom every single day. Visit us at www.theuklibertarian.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring us anything. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam and a chat room all mixed into one page. You can go to cam.freetalklive.com. Get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners at cam.freetalklive.com. want to invite you to the Liberty Forum. It's coming up in less than a month's time, March 18th through the 21st. It's going to be happening at Nashua, uh, Nashua, New Hampshire's Crown Plaza Hotel, same place it's been the last couple of years. And Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live the entire, uh, every single night of the event. So looking forward to being a part of the Liberty Forum and seeing many of our listeners out there. Because there's a significant percentage of the Liberty Forum audience are Free Talk Live listeners. And so it's it's kind of like a little Free Talk Live party kind of thing at the same time. It's nice of them to throw that for us, isn't it? Unofficially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the parties after hours are great, by the way. And of course, during the daytime, it's like a convention with uh, panel discussions and speeches and dinner occasions, keynote, uh, keynote addresses, and it's, a, it's a, just a lot of fun. So come on out to uh, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more about the event. Get the whole list of speakers, including uh, Andrew Napolitano. You may know him as the judge from Fox News. Uh, he's going to be there as one of the keynote addresses, and there are a couple dozen other speakers uh, speakers there. So head on over to uh, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Speaking of the Free State Project, before we get back to the phone calls here, because we do have a, a fellow Free Stater on the line with us, uh, Taryn, 9,948. So about 52 more people, 52 more people uh, needed to reach 10,000 participants in the Free State Project. They're currently at 9,000 Nine hundred and forty-eight. Yeah, so. you know, I mean, uh, when when New Hampshire finally does begin to uh, really become free here, you know, people are going to say, "Oh, you were in the first ten thousand. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we get another digit. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, at a zero. Uh, so come on out to freestateproject.org, get on board, join up with the Liberty Forum, and get signed up as uh, one of the first ten thousand participants. As we go back to Taryn, Taryn, you are in the first ten thousand, aren't you? Uh, yeah, actually, I missed. I think when I originally signed up, I was like. A little over a thousand, like a thousand one hundred or something, oh, wow. but I don't really even know uh, what where I am now. I can't remember. So now the only question <laughs> uh, you is, know, the only question now I is I signed which... up before the whole New Hampshire vote and everything, so I have no idea where what that does to the number. So the only question now, Taryn, is which uh, mover number you'll be. Currently, there's 796 people listed as in New Hampshire. I was number 420. My goal is to at least be there part-time oh, really? for um, until I can make a full move. So go up for a couple months here and there. Right on. Very cool. So, so, so you were calling um, about something on Facebook, uh, some drama <clears throat> that, uh, that exploded recently with uh, some old friends of yours from high school getting into it with another liberty activist. And uh, apparently some names were called and both sides were being fairly nasty to one another. Uh, from what I understand, I did not read the original post, so I'm just going on, on my understanding of the situation. No, you, you, you nailed it. And honestly, I had nothing to do with this. It was Except all them just, it was on your profile. each other. They just got mad at me. Yeah, they, they got mad at you for essentially it happening on your profile without you jumping in and taking right. a side, basically. So Correct, for, for, for having friends that would say things like this to them. Yeah, and, he, um, 
even though they were I'm being sorry, nasty in the first place. No. Not that what was said, in which it was the C word from what I understand, but uh, not it that was, what was said right. was uh, in any way appropriate. It was definitely an ad hominem attack on the, on that person's part. But nonetheless, I can understand when things get heated, people get frustrated and that right. stuff happens. I don't, I mean, they were using the see you next Tuesday yeah. word and I don't need to, um, you know, I don't really care about words that much. So it wasn't a big deal to me, but I didn't say it. And that was the big issue is I didn't stand up for people saying it. And I just have a different opinion, you know. I, I, they're just words to me. I don't care what people call me. But they decided to know. take it out on you uh, by right. threatening you and saying they were going to snitch you out to the police department in Georgia there because you were open carrying. And so a- they didn't min- win the argument? Is that what you're saying? Doesn't sound. Yeah, like that. I guess not. So no, Taryn is. <laughs> it was, uh, Mark was it asking. Was Mark was asking during the break: Is open carry illegal in Georgia? It's a mess. It, it's legal in Georgia, but you're not allowed to be around more than two people. And it's, <laughs> so you can carry it as long as you don't get mugged by more than two people. You're all right. That's crazy. Um, and what's around? And that me? also goes for concealed. So it's just completely whacked out, and they're trying to fix it in the legislation, but. This is something, and I, I work with jewelry, and which means I have thousands of dollars of silver on me and a lot of cash, mm. and everybody knows it. I mean, everybody knows that jewelry business is dangerous. So I do carry a gun, and in fact, I was almost robbed two weeks ago where I work. And oh, boy. I'm, thank God I had that gun with me because all I did was show it, and the guys ran off. Mm. And it could have gone really bad if I didn't carry it. Yeah. So it's a real safety issue. I'm not just wearing it to be a cowboy. And the um, and they know that. And so what happened is even though I'm around the crowd and working and a lot of people have guns up there, it's technically illegal to do it. So he was saying on his page, he was posting that he was going to call the cops and, and go up and watch me get arrested. He was going to go bring a cop up and say, oh, I know he's carrying a gun. And watch me get arrested. Despicable. And and yeah, and I had like I said, that's just nasty vengeance. That's not yeah, even that's no friend. And right, I, I was just shocked I was, because it's one thing to call each other names and debate and stuff. It's a whole other thing when you're going to help me get thrown in jail. I, I agree. I agree with you on on that, but I think that uh, many of the debatatarians out there really need to realize that um, although they enjoy sharpening their long knives in the verbal tete uh, tete, um, that a lot of people get very very frustrated, um, and they're they're not those people aren't armed in the same way that many people who are very good at the at, at the, the skill of debating um and and you know it's it's like it's like going into a professional wrestling match with uh with many people who are, are good debaters and so people are going to want their vengeance and however they want to get their vengeance and i think that that's something i've learned over time yeah i, I just the reason i bring this parable up because i'm not just sharing the drama mark and yes and i know probably dale would chime in on this yeah. i bet he's been something like this happened to you, but it's, it's because he was so quick. The first thing he went was, I'm going to use the power of the state to throw, the, you know, get me thrown in jail. Teach you a lesson. And you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. He's going to teach you a lesson, Taryn. Teach me a lesson. It's just to get one up on me. And it just is a perfect example of what I keep talking about every single day, why government doesn't work. You, you have unchecked power that this guy can simply just use the government as revenge to threaten my livelihood in my life. He, he abandoned reason, essentially, and said, I'm just going to threaten you. Like, he was, the, the discussion wasn't going his way the way he wanted it to go, and so he just, he just 
abandoned reason and used threats of violence. And it's just so, I mean, I can't, it, this is a real life, very clear example of somebody that's just upset or hurt or feelings and they go right to the state. And even though he's too chicken to come up and, and disarm me himself, yeah. he doesn't mind sending a group of men to do it. And, you know, this this isn't like I'm doing activism. This is to protect myself. Sure. Right. You know, it's one thing. I, I strap on a gun, and I do gun activism once in a while, and I'm, I'm willing to accept the consequences if I get arrested. It's another thing when I'm working and trying to just protect myself. Is, is it a, what is you it, know? a misdemeanor? What, uh, what terminology have they attached no, to it? No, it's... Well, I think I think it is a misdemeanor, yeah, uh, around the crowd. But mm. they're really jerks about your permit here. Like, if you lose, if you even have like a pot possession or yeah. or uh, any sort of possession, uh, you know, any sort of felony or anything on your record, they they yank your permit out. So yeah. you have to like keep squeaky clean to carry a gun legally. And, well. and the thing about laws like that that are really, you know, they're really they're pretty much counting on the discretion of the status to. To evaluate the situation and determine whether your behavior was, uh, you know, within their realm of what's acceptable or not, and that just leaves that leaves you completely powerless. I mean, they are anyway, but it just it, it you know it it basically means you you have to kiss up to them because they have such tremendous power over you. You don't really have a right to carry it per se, even though you might have a permit. You know, they can because of whatever circumstances they can very right. easily twist it around however they want. And so what happens is if you're a good little boy. And, you know, you're kissing the feet and, you know, and if you're not, you're in trouble. You know, if you're a good little boy, they're going to maybe they'll cut you some slack. And if you're not, then watch out. Taryn, good yeah. luck out there. And uh, let us know. Thanks, it, ho- hopefully this won't develop into anything else beyond just an, inter- an Internet spat. Um, I, certainly... I hope so. But I'd just like to point out that this is a good opportunity to show just how you can use force on your neighbor. Yeah, and they can probably do it anonymously. They can probably just call an anonymous and, tip line, and, and they don't have to give their name out. Thanks how, for the call tonight, Taryn. And how dramatic Facebook gets. Oh, my God, so much drama <laughs> That stuff Facebook. doesn't happen on my profile. Oh. More coming up. You can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link results in a percentage of your purchase Going to Free Talk Live, so start your shopping there. You can, of course, purchase in any of their dozens of categories, get free super saver shipping on a whole lot of their products, even order used if you want to. Amazon.freetalklive.com. So we started the hour out talking about this disturbing Boy Scout-related program. It, it's apparently it's it's a little bigger than the Boy Scouts because it does involve young ladies, but basically it brings 
young teenage uh, boys and girls into the the ranks of the police into the ranks of the border patrol basically training them to be SWAT team agents and agents of the state in the future and of course all the time uh, knocking them over the head with all kinds of nationalism about how uh, this is how you are a true american true blooded American guy or girl, according to the sheriff's deputy in Imperial County, California, who heads up the program. Now, we'll continue here from the New York Times just to share a little bit more about this. Uh, some of, they're talking to some of the young people here. 16-year-old uh, Felix says he likes the discipline because he said that's lacking in his life. And he, sa- he thinks the, te- the program's great because it teaches you about how crimes are committed. Kathy Noriega, 16, also said she was attracted by the guns. The group uses compressed air guns, known as airsoft guns, which fire tiny plastic pellets in the training exercises. And sometimes they shoot real guns on a closed range. She said, I like shooting them. I like the sound they make. It gets me excited. If there are critics of the content or purpose of the law enforcement training, they have not made themselves known to the Explorers National Organization in Irving, Texas, or to the volunteers here on the ground, national officials and local leaders said. Well, I'm not going to exactly reach out to these people and tell them how I feel, but count me as a critic. Anyway, that said, the Explorers have faced problems over the years. There have been numerous cases over the last three decades in which police officers supervising Explorers have been charged in civil and criminal cases with sexually abusing them. Several years ago, criminal justice professors published a study that found at least a dozen cases of sexual abuse involving police officers over the last decade. Huh. Adult explorer leaders are now required to take an online training program in sexual misconduct. Why, why do you think that would be the case? Huh? Why, why would there be so many problems with, with sex? sex uh, you know, because guys. you're putting 16, 17-year-old girls in um, contact with you know, guys that you know didn't really go into the teaching field as much as just you know they're kind of coaches and that kind of it, this is rife with problems well no wait a minute mark there's, I think there's a I, lot more uh, uh I, you know people paying attention when it comes to schools than it does to a program like this i see what you're saying but i think that i think that any role that involves young people will attract the people that are interested in doing sexual things with them so that, whether that's my thought yeah. i mean you're going to if you create a, a an environment like that um especially where there's a a sense of authority over yes. the children and then then you're going to attract that type of people i think you know this is why i think it's so important to teach kids not to be so subservient, subservient to adults. I would. I, I think kids need to be taught. I mean, it, people say this, but but most of the indoctrination we put kids through counters it, and so it really rings very hollow. But you should be teaching, you know, to teach kids that they can say no, and it's totally acceptable, and that you should, and it's okay to disobey adults. But but they, but 99% of the time they're constantly pounding into right. kids' heads that you need to be subservient to adults. That Respect you're not. Your you're not a real person until you're 18. You know, you're you're totally need to be. You, you don't know what anything. You can't decide anything for yourself, and that puts kids in a very vulnerable position to adults who would exploit them. Right, and if the adult has the ability to uh, to hold something over their head, you know, with, with a with a priest, for instance, it may be the they've got the God thing they can hold over the kid's head. Well, you know, God wants me to teach you these things. Uh, or if it's a teacher, they hold grades over the kids' heads. It's always a, an authoritarian viewpoint. I mean, a lot right. of religion is very authoritarian. It's just you know the there's the God figure to back it up, and in, and with statism, it's manufactured authority figures through elections and and 
badges and robes and right. things and th- like that. Right, and this one, it's the badge. This one is where the kid wants to advance through the Explorer program, and there's somebody that's in their way who's wanting to take advantage of them in order to get them between point A and point B where they where they want to go. Now, obviously, I'd rather they not go into the program in the first place. I'm just explaining why I think that they have this phenomenon with, uh, with essentially a, a molesting these teens, basically. Anyways, well, I think it's um, some of these there's some very broad brushes that have been used here. And I think that the vast majority of people that work with kids, teens and all those things um, and extracurricular activities outside of school and and inside of school, too, are probably people that want very much to do good things for these kids and and don't want to. I don't think you're wrong about that. But I'm telling you that these types of programs attract the molesters. They attract the people that want to, to wield the power over over young people. That's why you see the numbers like this. Anyway, several years ago, two University of Nebraska criminal justice professors, uh, they published this study. Uh, many law enforcement officials, particularly those who work for the rapidly growing Border Patrol, part of the Homeland Security Department, have helped shape the program's focus and see it as preparing the explorers as potential employees. Yes. The explorer posts are attached to various agencies, including the FBI and local police and fire departments, that sponsor them in much the same way churches sponsor Boy Scout troops. April McKee, a senior Border Patrol bureaucrat and mentor at the session in California, in where was this uh, imperial california she says very honestly our end goal is to create more agents membership in the explorers has been overseen since the uh, since 1998 by an affiliate of the boy scouts called learning for life which offers 12 career related programs including those fa- focused on aviation medicine and the sciences but more than 2,000 law enforcement posts across the country are the Explorers' most popular, accounting for 35,000 of the group's 145,000 members, according to the national director. Since the attacks on September 11th and the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, many posts have taken on an emphasis of fighting terrorism and other less conventional threats. Johnny Longoria, Border Patrol agent, says, Before, it was more about the basics, but now our emphasis is on terrorism, illegal entry, drugs, and human smuggling. Law enforcement posts are restricted to those ages 14 to 21 who have a C average, but there seems to be some wiggle room. I'll take them at 13 and a half, said Deputy Lowenthal. I'd rather take a kid than possibly lose a kid. Law enforcement programs are highly decentralized, and each post is run in a way that reflects the culture of its sponsoring agency and region. Most have weekly meetings in which the children work on their law enforcement techniques in preparation for competitions. Just as there are soccer moms, there are explorers' dads who attend the competitions, man the hamburger grill, and donate their land for the simulated marijuana field raids. In their training, uh, the would-be law enforcement officers don't mess around, as revealed at a recent competition on a state fairgrounds where a Ferris wheel wheel sat next to the police car set up for a felony investigation. Their hearts pounding. Explorers moved down alleys where they were hidden, uh, where there were hidden paper targets of people pointing guns and made split-second decisions about when to shoot. In rescuing hostages from a bus taken over by terrorists. Oh, baby- don't worry. If you shoot a civilian, they'll just cover it up. Yeah. A baby-faced young girl. Hey, it's just we're just doing our jobs. Mistakes yeah. are made. Try try to avoid shooting children. It, that that's tough to cover. A baby-faced young girl screamed, "Separate your feet!" as she moved to handcuff her suspect. God. In a competition in Arizona that he did not oversee, Deputy Lowenthal said one role player wore traditional Arab dress. If we're looking at 9-11 and what a Middle Eastern terrorist would be like, then maybe your role player would look like that. I don't know. Would you call that politically incorrect? 
Yeah, I, I think that if you dressed him up as a, sort of a, a you know slightly younger than middle-aged white guy that's been harassed by the IRS, then maybe you'd have yourself a terrorist, too. Authenticity seems to be the goal. Imperial County in Southern California is the poorest in the state, and the local economy revolves allow, uh, largely around the criminal justice system. In As addition it always does. To the sheriff and local police departments, there are two state prisons and a large border patrol and immigration enforcement presence. Yep, go where the poor people are. That's where you'll find the prisons. Alexandra Sanchez, 17, who joined the Explorers when she was 13, said, My uncle was a sheriff's deputy. Alexandra's police uniform was baggy on her little lithe frame. Her airsoft gun slung carefully to the side. She wants to be a coroner. She said, I like the idea of having law enforcement work with medicine. This is a great program for me. And then she was off to another bus hijacking. So uh, not too much critique uh, of the program in that, that particular story, was there? They basically no, they, they, said, we can't find anyone who has a problem with this. Unbiased, <laughs> unbiased uh, opinions there, you know. So, just wanted to share that. Kind of scary. Kind of spooky. It's rather scary, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, they, 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 I think that I I remain pretty hopeful because I think most of the youth in this country are, are, are the first to start to snap out of a lot of notions that are seem to be part of the older gender, generation. Sure, there's no I mean, doubt about it. In general, it. they're doing better, but uh, stuff like that, you know, they're, they're, obviously they try to get them young, get the ideas in their heads when they're young and impressionable. And, uh, you know, aren't we all trying to do that? 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. I agree with you, Dale. I'm trying to preserve their individuality, honestly. I mean, I think that's that's what it will help all of us is for for everyone to, you know, hold on to their individuality and their creativity. Hour number two is coming up. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. You want to share your experiences in the, uh, the Boy Scouts. Tell us how you feel about the organization today. You're free to do that or bring up anything. Hour two on the way. Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, so we continue here. Dale, of course, joining us tonight from anarchyinyourhead.com. You can head over there, and you've actually posted a couple of uh, cartoons within the last week or so, so yeah. people can see those. Yeah, I had the um, the most recent one was actually in the works for quite a quite a little while, and uh, so I had it sort of on the back burner and went ahead and cranked out another car- a different cartoon, and then 
that one was finally done. So Nothing is sacred at anarchyinyourhead.com. This is Including most, anarchy, anarchy's uh, bunghole. This most recent one features uh, <laughs> Lincoln, uh, the former President Lincoln, and uh, I think does a good job. He, he says a With word. Flash animation. He says, a, yeah, there's a little bit of, uh, well, it's not Flash, but yeah, there's a, it's an animated GIF. But ah, okay. There is uh, a, a wordy like dirt in it, too. So. so people can go over to anarchyinyourhead.com, enjoy hundreds of Dale's comics, uh, most of them with a very pro-liberty theme and some essays, too. You have uh, a, like a, a scatological thing going on at uh, Anarchy. I don't see it. There's the monkey. The, I mean, the monkeys are known for throwing I, poo. I, I saw an anal so. orifice uh, on Anarchy. All right, well, let's there, move on. Well, uh, come to my house and you'll see it too. So that, where do you think I got that imagery from, okay? It's, you so, talk to my cat about that. We continue here. Uh, Dale, in fact, you had something that you wanted to get to tonight. Some uh, story about the founding fathers, the a much vaunted founding fathers. They're such an important group of men. <laughs> if we didn't have the founding fathers, then where would we be today? I yeah. don't know. Where would we be today? That's a good question because it seems like the Constitution and uh, their set of rules that they wrote for the government has either authorized all the tyranny that uh, that has occurred or been powerless to prevent it. Not to say that the ideas that they came up with were all bad. I think there's a lot of real good ideas, uh, especially in the in the Bill of Rights. That some were better than others. Sure, you know, absolutely. I'm, I'm a, a bigger fan of Jefferson than say Washington and or you know others. So. But let's talk about what you've got here. Is it from Cracked? Cracked.com? Yes, it's uh, from Cracked.com. I haven't even read the entire article yet, so I'm just going di- to throw out that disclaimer first. And uh, and I have certainly haven't researched everything in here. So uh, once again, you know, just... Of course, but it's from Cracked.com, so it's practically it's fact. Practically <laughs> factual. You know, there's no disputing anything in here. So uh, I think they uh, have a spin. That they crack. I, I think there's a spin to Cracked. Uh, well, but whatever makes it funnier, I think, or more outrageous, yeah. I think, is going to probably... Outrageous uh, is definitely their spin, yeah. Yeah. So so take that, you know, uh, into account when uh, when we're doing... So what's the title of this, yeah. Dale? This one, uh, and I'm going to have to do a lot of FCC substitutions throughout this article. That's I'm true pretty good at all that. the time I'm with Cracked, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting pretty good at that, probably because I like these to do these Cracked articles. So uh, it's called... Um, and this isn't the exact title, but it's five reasons the founding fathers were kind of jerks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do so, it. It says, it's easy to say the modern teabaggers are a-holes. The modern teabaggers are, uh, see, we didn't even break a sweat. <laughs> but as it turns out, these latest teabaggers are simply carrying on a long-standing tradition of proud, vaguely patriotic douchebaggery that they learned from <laughs> the OGs of <laughs> a-hole behavior. The, ga- the OG guy- stands for original gangsta. Is it? I, I don't think. know. I, I think. That, that's I'm not, I'm not hip yes. to the young folks these days. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm not that hip yeah, either. You would have had to have been hip only 10 years ago <laughs> in order to know that one. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I was still, I was already old by then, so 10 years ago. So. All right, moving on. <laughs> the guys who tossed some tea into a harbor a couple hundred years ago. <clears throat> no, we're not saying we wish the British had won the war or that we wish America had never been born. We're just saying that American history glosses over a lot of true douchebaggery behavior. Sure, After, because who uh, would want to uh, who would want to do, do, to besmirch these icons? Yeah, that's uh, that's it, really what it's about. This, so I mean, that's if you actually read, you know, get some history direct. I, I love to read documents firsthand, like read Abraham Lincoln's. Uh, first inaugural address and second inaugural address instead of getting exa- reading exactly what you're assigned to read in high school and things like that. And, and you can always read other people's interpretations of things that happen, but whenever you can get first-hand documents, I think that's that's the best thing. You're not getting it through a filter, you know. So yeah, if you're going to give us a nice cleaned-up history, and, sure. Take a look at the Federalist Papers, uh, you know, before you start spouting off about the Constitution <laughs> and the Anti-Federalist Papers. 
Those are some. Yeah, those are supposed to be even more interesting. But so number five or number one? We are on number five. Number five. So yeah, after all, countdown. consider that number five. Great Britain had no idea the colonists were unhappy. This is what they're claiming. Uh, but this is interesting because I don't I, think they I, cared. I, have, I used to be a big fan of Ben Franklin, and the more I learn about him, the, the less of a fan I'm becoming. Uh, ben Franklin had been chosen by the Pennsylvania colonial legislature to represent the colonies before the crown. That's correct. If the colonies were were ticked off or sick of paying unfair taxes, or as was more often the case, not paying them, it was Franklin's job to let the crown know. Unfortunately, Ben really loved the crown. Right before the revolution, he had been trying unsuccessfully to convince the king to take back Pennsylvania from the Penn family and put it under royal control. When the issue of the Stamp Act first came up, even though, and I believe that's all what the tea tea bag stuff was all about, the tea party stuff was all about. Um, When the issue of the Stamp Act first came up, even though the colonists were furious, Ben Franklin was all about it, and he told Great Britain as much. Oh, so uh, real uh, as usual, things haven't changed very much. Where the so-called representatives uh, are really just representing themselves in oh, their own interests. The more you learn about the founding fathers, and this is what has totally destroyed my image of them. Is the more you learn about them, you really find that that they were not so much about freedom as much as just wanting to be the new aristocrats in place of the crown. They're like, oh, we're Absolutely. all the way over here, and we're the bigwigs now. They were the they were big fish in a small pond, I guess. Yep. All of a sudden, and they're like, ha ha, I really like this. I want to hold on to this kind of. Power. It makes total sense. So. And uh, but yeah, I mean the the image of them as these freedom promoters is obviously pushed really hard, and and it's you know beaten into us from an early age. Many of them had slaves, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, uh, George Washington had nine teeth pulled from his slaves to put into his own mouth. Whoa. Yeah. Before he was president. Yeah. Heck, that's, that's crazy. A, that's, a, that's a factoid I heard recently. I'd love to. Factoid someone, means it's not true. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, it means it's representative representative's then, fact, right? I'll get you a definition here. Go ahead, Dale. So, um, so hell, he even gave a friend of his the cushy job collecting the new taxes. Ben did. But why? Because One of his was... sons was a governor, too. A royal governor. Ah, yeah. All right, hold on. Factoid, a piece of unverified or inaccurate information that is presented in the press as factual, often as part of a publicity effort and that is then accepted as true because of frequent repetition. Also defined as an insignificant or trivial fact. So well, it can it be a, true. I saw it as a Facebook status link, so I know it's true. <laughs> okay. And, uh, but why did he do this? Well, because he was clueless about the people he was representing and spent most of his time in Britain. When colonists eventually showed up at his house rioting, he must have been just shocked that they were so angry about the Stamp Act. Or he would have been shocked, but people were rioting at his house and threatening to hang him. So he kind of had some other stuff to deal with. You know, I do recall hearing that uh, Ben Franklin was known as a womanizer as well. Oh yeah, so, that's that's pretty common knowledge, I think. Yeah, I don't I don't think that, but most uh, most guys are going to hold that one against him. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's it's generally a kind of scummy thing to do, don't you think, to cheat on people? That's like what's cheating. I, I kind of knew about that, and he it didn't bother me that much that I know of. Oh, okay. Well, I figured if you tell one woman that you're uh, you know going to be true to her, and then you you aren't true to her, then isn't that womanizing, or is womanizing just I'm not sure don't that you, he did that. I just I don't know think, he had a lot no. of a lot of lady friends. I see. Yeah, got, I don't think that's know, womanizing. Got okay. So uh, when you think it's, about it, oh. it makes womanizing easier to tell lies, but that doesn't mean that it's in fact true. Gotcha. <laughs> Next when, up, when you think about it, Ben Franklin was a terrible choice for voice of the people. He managed to be a rich, successful, self-made, internationally jet-setting playboy in the 18th goddamn century for for goodness sake. <laughs> I, have I have to do a to, lot of editing in here. Yeah, I had to dump <laughs> you on that one. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. The GD. Oh, I didn't know you can say Sorry that. Sorry about that. Yep. <laughs> okay. Now I know. Um, 
So John Q. Public, he was not. Of course, he didn't mind the Stamp Act. If it didn't at all impede his ability to uh, mess with princesses on hot air balloons. Or whatever the 18th century I don't know anything about that. the Mile High Club was. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Clever analogy to the Mile High Club. Yeah. Got it. Uh, well, why should he care? Franklin's hypothetical balloon humping to one side. The point is that Great Britain was blissfully unaware on the other side of the ocean while the colonists steamed and let their rage build. As though it would have mattered, right? I mean, if uh, if Ben Franklin had taken the word out to the king that, King, the colonists are upset your taxes. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have really mattered. I think right? the colonists made it clear when they dumped his tea and uh, you know the, the his taxed tea into the harbor that uh, they were probably pretty upset. So I don't yeah. think the king you know, really cared that much. Right. Mm. Toll free number here is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We'll share more about the uh, the founding fathers that you may not have known about, at least according to Crank dot com. You can take control. Bring up anything. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. It's time. Wake up. This is just in case you care. And yeah, I'm talking to you. That's my booklet of truth for the people of America and the wake up call for action to save our freedom. Get a copy for you and your friends at yamtalkingtoyou.com and get involved with saving our country. That's yamtalkingtoyou.com. If you want to be part of the solution, otherwise, just go back to sleep. You'll adjust to enslavement. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you. So enjoy those, including our archives. You can go all the way back to the beginning of 2009 free in our podcast. It's all right there for you at freetalklive.com. As we continue here, want to tell you about something going on with the Libertarian Party... What's going on in there, Mark? The Libertarian Party is at a crossroads. Uh, will it choose the path of political expedience and become the minor league for conservatives? Or will it return to the practical and effective mission of driving the libertarian philosophy into the public consciousness? The question will be answered at the St. Louis Convention. And the rally begins at TakeBackTheLP.info. It's TakeBackTheLP.info. All right, we continue here. In a moment, we'll continue with the, the top five list of things that you... What is it? What's the list called? Things you didn't know? It's called Five Reasons the Founding Fathers Were Kind of Jerks. Five Reasons the Founding Fathers Were Kind of Jerks. In fact, Dave wants to talk about this. Dave is in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, howdy, y'all. How's everything? Hey, Dave. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, good thing we don't have the Medicare they had, huh? Or we wouldn't have to worry about overpopulation because they'd bleed you to death. (laughs) That's That's what they did to George Washington. Really? Or a sore throat. Yeah, three doctors bled him in one day. They, they thought they needed to get the bad blood out of your system, the sick yeah, blood out oh of your gosh. system. So we so need to recover. That's the kind of Medicare we need. That's the kind uh, of health care I'd like to see politicians receive. That'd be nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we could go bleed them. Like they no, I, don't really, I don't wish violence on, any, uh, on nah. anybody, even, even politicians. No, nah, but they, they kind of doing it to us, man. I think this Medicare thing is, uh, the whole deal is to give all the power to the insurance companies. The government owns the insurance companies now. Then the, the fiat, just like we got fiat money, we, the insurance companies are like fiat government. 
Well, I don't know if the government owns the insurance companies right now, but they, really, it's the role in the role subsidies of one another, and and the, insur- the the and it all goes to the oil money. The oil money are the banks. The banks are the insurance company, and the, ins- the government's say, yeah. in cahoots with the insurance company. And if they give all the power to the insurance companies, then they don't have to legislate no more. They could rule us through policy. I actually have a lot of um, doubt about whether the insurance company or the sorry the insurance industry can function as it does right now and in, in, in the same manner as it does right now. I think it would have to radically change, and even then, I'm not sure it's much of a, of a very viable industry absent subsidies and government inter- interaction and things like that. I think the whole model of it is kind of is questionable. I, I mean, I'm not a business guru by any far stretch of the imagination, but I but it just seems like. The model for insurance is is sort of a sketchy notion. Well, if you notice, if you're if you're against the insurance companies, you're anti-capitalistic, you know. And and if you look at the insurance companies, they're dictatorial. They dictate to you how to live and how to be, and you you won't be able to buy any. You won't be able to get my money from me if you don't listen to my rules, you know. And. and <laughs> It's it's the people the I think it's people's greed that allows them to be uh, manipulated like this. They talk about the 30 million people that aren't insured. Don't they know that like three quarters of them people don't believe in insurance? They hate insurance. They know the insurance is a scam. They don't want insurance. I, it feels like a ripoff to me. I mean, I I am not insured right now, and um, you know, if I do it through my employer. Then it kind of makes sense to do because you're then kind they're of paying tell for you it anyway. You're paying they're for it anyway. You know it's like being taxed. What the insurance plan uh, Safeway has, you know, Safeway, it's a big like yeah. uh, grocery store. Well, you're yeah. you're paying for it anyway. It's like being taxed. They're I mean, going to tell you, know. you. They're going to take the money from. They're doing it in in Safeway right now. They they take the money. They get the insurance, but then your boss goes to you and says, you know, you get drunk every weekend and you smoke cigarettes and. uh you know, you're going to have to pay for more insurance, so I'm going to take more money from you. Yeah. The, more the, con- the more the control ratchets up, uh, the more the, the companies uh, line up with government and government uh, yeah, helps out the yeah, corporations, the doing, more the control that's exactly continues. what they're doing. And they're doing it through the, the religion of insurance, the church of insurance, man. And, the, and if you don't pay your tribute to the church of insurance, you won't be able to access the altar of medicine and receive the miracles that technology <laughs> can give you. Well, I mean, I, I would like to get, say, catastrophic insurance for a reasonable rate, and it should be, you know, catastrophic coverage only ought to be a whole lot less, it should be a lot cheaper, in theory, based on market principles, than the kind well, of insurance that most people, people get. they force us to buy this product, you know, that's what they're going to do. They're going to force us to buy it. I don't think they should be able to make a profit. If I'm being ordered by threat of being imprisoned, they shouldn't make a profit off of it. 
it's interesting. Just, it's, that's an interesting point, Dave. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Of course, I don't support any kind of uh, mandates uh, on any companies. I don't think there should be any regulation uh, of them. I think there should be third-party certification and things like that. And I think that the government uh, needs to doesn't need to be involved in in healthcare at all. I mean, and that, that would be ideal. But looking at what Dave's proposing, the idea that uh, if you're forced to purchase their products, should they be able to make a profit? It's an interesting question. I, I would say well, that, well, how do you define profit? Because, yeah. because not-for-profits uh, tend to be, you know, there tend to be some very wealthy people at the top of exactly. the, the, the well, more prosperous not-for-profits. Well, it just makes the model profits. questionable, like I said, because like, you're forced to pay for insurance if you're through, if you have a job at, you know, in most places, you're paying for insurance. Even if you opt out, which is hard to do in some cases, sometimes they won't let you, sometimes the employer will not let you do that. Uh, and if, and if your, your choices are, you know, limited by the, the, by a controlled market like that, where the whole medium of it is going through employers, then, you know, you end up being kind of stuck with it and everyone's paying for it. And then you may as well at that point. I mean, the difference in, and going ahead and opting in and buying and getting insurance is is not – at that point, it's cost-effective based on what you're paying um, versus what you would have paid anyway and not had it. So uh, – and, and and like I said, I was looking – I'm looking into – or I did look into like 5000 deductible, $5,000 mm-hmm. a year deductible insurance, which is just – That's a high to, end, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean – And non-smoker. The idea is that you're, you know, you get out of, uh, you know, it keeps you from being bankrupted by a, hor- a, a, a huge hospital cost, but you're still right. paying all your basic costs, like all your basic coverage, you know, anything basic you have to do, you, you're paying it, but uh, it covers, you know, it's just a big deductible, but even that's relatively expensive, and and still kind of discouraging, you know. If, I mean, considering like what, were like, they, what were they charging? What were they looking at charging? I know it was more than a hundred dollars a month for, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I guess a lot of people for kill a for a hundred dollar a month. For a, for a relatively young person, but you're getting no coverage. It's only going to cover you for a huge hospital bill, for instance. Right. It's a five thousand dollar deductible. So literally, it's like it, you know, it's not going to really make, it's not going to really count until you get, you know, t- you know, ten thousand or more, you know, in bills. So just back to Dave's point about uh, you know, how the, he thinks the insurance companies, if they're going to be, if we're going to be forced to buy their products, shouldn't be able to make a profit. Well, we're forced to buy the government's products, and they don't make a profit either, right? Because well, the, they're not really. Uh, there's no cost of operation for the government. They cover all their costs by extracting money from people. They just pay their bureaucrats big old paychecks. Right, but they continue to increase the amount of money that it costs to run their uh, their services and their programs and paying their bureaucrats. So I don't think that's going to cut it. 1-800-259-9231. The only thing that anybody who loves freedom should be advocating for with health care is true freedom. More coming up. Bring up anything. And we'll get back to the Founding Fathers uh, as well. You can take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line 800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They are for free, including the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Go and edit virtually anything you see there. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. Take the startpage.com's seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. 
You can use the proxy link under each one of the search results when you use tarpage.com and visit those websites without those websites knowing that you're visiting and collecting your data and all that stuff. Go to startpage.com and take the seven-day challenge today. As a matter of fact, we did. I did an interview with uh, Dr. Catherine Albert regarding Startpage and some reason people might want to use it, and it'll be attached to the end of the show. Very good. All right, more coming up here uh, with your phone calls. I'm also going to get back to the, uh, the the things that the Founding Fathers did that you might not have known about uh, that kind of made them jerks. So we'll get to that uh, story here in a bit. But first, we go to Coily listening in Illinois on the amp lines. Hello, Coily. Well, hello there, young men. How are you all doing? Just, just <laughs> super, Coily. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to know, have any of you ever wished that there wasn't any springs? Springs, as in, like, uh, where water bubbles up from the ground, really, really cold water? Or do you water? mean, sp- uh, you know, pieces of metal that are coiled around? I like my slinky yes, as a kid. Sir, Mark is on the ball today. He knows what a spring is. Uh, now, why would you wish that there were no springs? Well, I don't know, but there's delusional people in the world that say, I wish there was no springs. And when they wish that there's no springs, I appear, and I tell them why there needs to be springs. <laughs> So you like the spring fairy? He's coily. Yes. As in a coiled spring. Yeah. So I'm why? Give us, a, give us the I'm pitch. I'm afraid not. Give actually. us the. Let's pretend. I mean, we've had some crazy people call this show before. So let's let's pretend a crazy person was on the the phone here and they were saying to you, coily, that or they were saying that uh, there should be no springs in the world. What would be your pitch to uh, to try to convince them otherwise? Well, you see, I have the magical ability to remove all springs from their life if they say that. Oh no. And any time they try to use something that would have a spring in it, I laugh at them and say, oh, no springs! Are you, are you distantly related to Mickey Mouse? He did have that laugh, didn't he? That's what I thought. <laughs> so, so like a pen. Like my pens have, have sp- springs in them. That do would, they sit on the floor? Yeah, they would click on it, and then the pen wouldn't come out of the end, and I would come out of the bottom of the pen and say, no springs! Uh, now, it would be a good thing for the people that are trying to sell Tempur-Pedic mattresses or whatever, but because a lot of mattresses would all of a sudden go flat, basically, if there were no... Well, uh, even the foam is a spring, you see. Everything's fo- a spring. Uh, I think the foam's the just spongy, dude. The spring. <laughs> I, do you have some kind of uh, some kind of deal worked out with the, with the sponge fairy? Because I think foam's really just, uh, just spongy it's, stuff. It's spongy. And... It springs, doesn't it? Well, uh, it, but it isn't a spring. <laughs> it is not coily. Wait, are you going to count knees? <laughs> knees? Yeah, they kind of, you can spring, well, you can spring with your knees. The in your bones and stuff is springs, right? <laughs> uh, he is counting knees. Okay, well, just well, checking. Well, just what checking. about struts on a car? everything that has spring action. What about, what about <laughs> hydraulics and, and struts on cars? Absolutely, they're springs. I see. <laughs> Thank you for the call you know, I tonight. Think this I'm sold. Is, uh, I think good. I'm sold. I do not want to live my life without springs. Yeah, springs are very useful. I, I was sold at the beginning that I didn't want to live my life. Coily, we appreciate it, and thank you for the call tonight. We haven't had a, a good character in a while. It was a good one. I like that. It wasn't bad. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Bizarre. And yeah. All twisted. I like that. I like bizarre. I like <laughs> strange. That's uh, um, that's that's going to be inspiration for a children's book out there somewhere. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. We continue here. Uh, Reggie, listening to KBYO-FM in Monroe, Louisiana. Hello, Reggie. Good evening. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, you're talking about health insurance. Uh, uh, Health insurance is kind of like banks right now. It's it's a necessary evil. You think about what they do in general. 
they come up with the money that we haven't been able to save on our own to pay for services that we need at the time. And that's what they function as. Well, I think there's a useful. Uh, I think I, I believe in the idea of insurance. I think it's an okay idea. I just think that today the industry is so corrupted by the power that they have aggregated to themselves by essentially palling up with politicians in uh, you know Washington D.C. and various state governments that it's not quite the deal that it should be. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but they've done that. Actually, we don't need them, and that's what all these other countries have, that have gone to. Uh, public health care have found out T.R. Reed when he wrote his book, The Healing of America, went all around the world. He checked out all these different insurance com- in- insurances that the different countries offer. And uh, basically, they got rid of insurance companies. That's how they afford it. Insurance companies are their middlemen. They, they take projection tables as to when we're going to die, when we're going to get sick, and they bet on us. They're just gambling houses. They bet on how long we're going to live and what diseases we're going to get. That much is true, but I think that it uh, simplifies this the situation uh, to the point of you know making a, a grave error. Because, say, Japan goes uh, socialist, and essentially yeah. every Western country besides the United States has gone socialist, what it does, and one of the reasons for the rising health care in the United States is – we, the United States citizens, currently pay for the research and development of all major of all medicine for around the world because the rest of the governments won't do it because their right. governments are in charge at this point. So they've um, by going socialist ourselves, we could in fact drive uh, medicine into a new dark age. Yeah, the, well, a lot of the medicines that we're paying for, we're not the medicine itself may not be very expensive, but it was you know. Many many millions of dollars to research it. Billions, and that's got to be made back no doubt, up. But they yeah. could start spreading that. They could spread those dollars to Japan and to Germany and England and Canada instead of sticking it to us. Well, what is? I mean, are you advocating well, for I'm a government? Sure that, that I'm not sure that we will have. In, in fact, it's very unlikely that we will continue to have the quality of research and new medicines and things with when everything is socialized. Well, just point of clarification: is that what you're advocating for here, uh, Reggie? Is uh, a government-run uh, healthcare system? Yeah, I, I actually do think that in the end we're going to be forced into it one way or another. Well, that's oh, probably that. true, but is that what you're there, advocating there are, for? There are in a, there are benefits. I mean, in his book, what, what could the benefit is, be from uh, from your perspective? Well, you can to, read well, Healing well, Our World if you want to read a book about uh, free market medicine too. Well, wait, hold on a second. Now. I got a book. What, what would the benefit be to you to, from your perspective to centralizing control over healthcare decisions into a, a central bureaucracy? If it were handled correctly, and that's the big if. <laughs> yeah, that's a very big if. if the, you know how to make sure you know how to make sure it's handled correctly, is to make sure government has no say in it because they are totally unaccountable because of the very nature that they because of their monopoly on violence they are completely unaccountable to the people and even even more so than than the to the extent that insurance companies are unaccountable and they're pretty unaccountable well, as now, it is. what do they do uh, they, go ahead and give me an example reggie because the government does a lot of things today what is it that they handle correctly in your opinion not, 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 not in our country but say in hong kong they've gone to public provision of health care now, they no, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Point of information. I just asked you, 
what is it they handle correctly? And I want an answer from our country because the government yeah, you don't does, get the Hong Kong cut, uh, government. So what, we, what got, in, we got ours. I mean, there's a lot well, the government handles. Saying, they're not they're not doing it correctly here. And no, so no, I mean you, anything, the, the, anything that right. the government handles. You can pick from NASA to garbage collection. Yeah, I'm not talking about just healthcare. <laughs> I mean anything. Since you're making the statement that it could be done correctly, I'm just asking you: Can you provide me an example of a government program that you think is handled correctly? Um, nope. So why do you have faith? But you want them to handle your health care. Yeah. (laughs) What gives you Uh, faith that they can handle this one? Good question. Yeah. Good question. It is a good question. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Good luck out there. 800-259-9231. You know, I want free health care, too. I I do. I I want that. I I understand where where people might be coming from on that. But I understand that if you want, you know, if you want better health care, I've been in a system where you get socialized free health care. And it stinks yeah. and the people talk that to were, a veteran yeah talk to a veteran well, it, it, talk to the talk to people who've experienced it this may stuff. not suck for someone who's generally healthy and is going in to get some free medicine now and then for a yeah, cold sure. or for a or you know a, a, a minor ailment that doesn't require any major surgery surgery that's going to be you know in contention by uh, uh by several by a bunch of people that need that surgery and so forth just go back a few days on this program or yesterday or whenever it was that we talked about the canadian premier who came down to the united states to get his heart bypass done why do you do that we're coming up it's free talk live you can listen to free talk live on the radio via podcast the webcam and our live streams at freetalklive.com not enough options now you can listen to free talk live from any phone anywhere add this number to your phone 760-569-7752 it's a long distance call so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan the free talk live listen lines are airing the latest episode of free talk live 24 hours a day including our live shows call 760-569-7752 that's 760-569-7752 anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sankel CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those, including our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo to show they are indeed listeners of Free Talk Live. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, taking your phone calls about what you want, we go to Roy, listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Roy. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's on your mind tonight, Roy? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about some local history here in Niagara Falls. By all means. What do you guys know about the Love Canal? The uh, pollution thing, right? Yeah. We've talked about it in the past. Uh, oh, I, I thought I, he was talking about anatomy. I could, okay. I, <laughs> dear God. <laughs> I could probably stand a refresher course. Uh, what do you want to share about it? Well, it's actually kind of interesting. It's like most people say kind of like what you said. Oh, it's the pollution thing. The chemical company just dumped the chemicals everywhere, and then everybody got sick, and it was all their fault. But there's a little bit more to the story. It's kind of interesting. Uh, we'll go back to the beginning, which was in the 1890s. There's this guy named Henry Love. And he has this bright idea that he's going to dig a canal for shipping between the uh, upper part of the Niagara River and the lower part because there's Niagara Falls in the way, so you can't send a boat there. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So he dug a little bit, and then he ran out of money and was like, oh, well, that's the end of that story. Anyway, this chemical company, Hooker Chemical, winds up buying the land from him, 
and they are, were situated in Niagara Falls making chlor- mostly chlorinated solvents, which are pretty nasty. Most of them are banned these days for health reasons and stuff. But back then they were able to make this stuff, and they have, still have a pretty big plant there that's mostly closed down, but whatever. So Hooker Chemical started to use this big hole in the ground as a, uh, a chemical dump. Oh, God. So they, so they, well, they would take, they lined the whole dump with a, a big clay containment thing, you know? Okay. And then they, uh, and then they would fill up 55-gallon drums with their waste, and then they'd set it in the hole in the ground. So this goes on for a while. And in 1952, it was pretty much full. This big hole, clay-covered hole in the ground was full of drums, full of waste. So Hooker buried it, and they said, okay, we're going to bury it, and that's that. At the time, the city of Niagara Falls is growing and growing and growing, more and more people all the time. And the Niagara Falls School Board... That's right. I, okay, yep. Yeah. My memory's been jogged. Go ahead. <laughs> they go to Hooker Chemical. They say, hey, we need a new school for all these kids that are being born and stuff. And Hooker says, you can't have our land. It's full of toxic waste. And then so what wound up happening is the city council and the school board was like, well, if you're not going to sell us the land, we're just going to take it with eminent domain. Yep. And uh, so they were like, okay, well, rather than let that happen, Hooker said, okay, fine. We'll sell it to you for a dollar. And they put this deed restriction that basically says, okay, this place is full of waste. Don't dig any basements. You know, there's chemicals 25 feet beneath the ground. Don't dig basements. You know, just be smart about it. And, you know, we don't recommend that anybody live there. Don't dig a well. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of, yeah, dig right. a well. be an interesting well, I guess, huh? So, well, of course, what do they do? They wind up starting to build a school right on that oh, area. God. The people that are working at the, at, to build the school that are digging the holes to pour the foundation are like, hey, we're finding these drums full of weird ass chemicals and stuff, mm. and uh, so the architect's like, "Oh, you can't. Like, maybe it's not such a good idea to put it there because this was kind of all covered up. You know what I mean?" Sure. And the architect's like, "Well, we don't know what kind of chemicals those are. Maybe it's going to react with the concrete and stuff, and we'll, you know, the foundation will get all crappy." So they were like, "Okay, we'll just move the school 80 feet north," and that's what, so that's what they did. Anyway, that all happened about wow. in the uh, early 50s. Finally, by the late 70s, some more building had gone on around there. They had dug um, sewer lines and water lines and stuff all around there. And they're always poking holes. As they're digging, they're poking holes through the clay containment lining, you know. Mm-hmm. And now the late 70s, it would, you know, they'd get a heavy rain or all the snow would melt from the, in the springtime. And now you get these yellow pools bubbling <sighs> up and stuff. And oh, my gosh. Kids are puking. I mean... There's all these birth defects. Women are miscarrying um, re- a lot of retarded kids and stuff like that. So local reporters started asking questions, and it was, uh, you know, basically it was sl- it was slow going for them anybody to even admit what was going on. And then uh, once they figured everything out, then you know, it was by at that point in time, Hooker had already been sold off to Occidental Petroleum, so Hooker wasn't even around anymore. And, uh, right, and, and of course they when when people talk about Love Canal, it's based, it's my understanding that it was Love Canal the that incident, if you will, that spurred the creation of the EPA. Uh, of course, you know whenever something happens, it's an excuse to create a new government organization, yeah. government bureaucracy. But the problem was government did it in the first place. Exactly, but but that's not how it's popularly remembered. It's popularly remembered as this evil corporation is poisoning children. 
Yeah, when, exactly. when in point of fact, Hooker Chemical made it very clear uh, to the government that, hey, this is a very dangerous area, and no, you should not be taking this from us. You should not be built. No, nothing should be built here. Yet the government f- just moved right ahead and, and did it anyway. Their school. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know if I would. I don't know when the EPA came around. I know Carter formed what's called the Superfund which is this big piece of legislation that it's basically a trust fund, probably a lot like the Social Security trust fund that uh, they're supposedly holding a lot of money for when these um, uh, like chemical problems crop up and they have money and they throw that to clean up. So the government, the federal government spent most of the money to clean it up. Uh, They wound up getting about $130 million from Occidental Petroleum. Because they had something to do with it. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I don't... It went to court. The judge said you were, uh, what was it, negligent but not reckless. So, I mean, I don't know. You, you know, the, the judge is saying that. You know how courts, a lot of times, the truth gets twisted and you never know. I can't really say if they were really responsible. Maybe they used, you know, garbage drums that were going to, in their chemicals that were going to, you know, corrode and cause problems anyway. But Well, it's hard when the company's been sold, though. I mean, Occidental did nothing. Hooker did yeah. something. So I mean, Occidental should take the 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 onus on themselves. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is kind of a weird uh, liability thing. I, I have no idea how I think that should work. But Roy, I it's, think a gr- it's a great story. Was there anything else you wanted to share tonight? No, like you said, it's just an interesting story, and that whole the eminent domain thing is what really gets me. You know, where they they fought tooth and nail not to sell, and they you know, and then the government, of course, they know best. Yep. If you don't sell it, we'll take it from you. You know, so. Oh, well. For the benefit of the public, though. Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for the, for the call tonight, good. dude. I appreciate hearing from you, Roy. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. According to the uh, Libertarian Party, this is Love Canals in New York. Uh, according to the Libertarian Party of the Capital District in New York, they say that after several hundred million dollars were spent to clean the environment at Love Canal, all of the pollutants are still there. The area is basically back to the way Hooker Chemical left it. The EPA has decreed Love Canal to be safe for repopulation. It has been cleaned up and is now known as Black Creek Village. Sure, you wouldn't want to call it Love Canal, would you? Rita M. <laughs> Lavelle, head of Superfund, was fired by Ronald Reagan in 1983 and served four years in prison for lying about the use of funds at Love Canal. So who knows where some of those hundreds of millions went. Three other high-ranked EPA officials were forced to resign in connection with the incident. Local officials' desire for city expansion and profit resulted in a travesty 25 years later that helped spur the decline of the once-prosperous city of Niagara Falls. City politicians and officials pushed a program overlooking the consequences to the health, safety, and well-being of the general public. Personal gain was placed before reason and civil employees' responsibility to serve their constituents. Non-engineers acted in a gross manipulation of the Constitution. Politicians, against engineers' warnings, meddled and laid the seeds for a tremendous disaster. They knew the situation and acted regardless and covered it up for 25 years. According to the New York State Department of Health, they claim no conclusive evidence exists linking Love Canal to illness, a statement that many Black Creek Village residents agree with, according to, uh, they cite a CNN story about that one from the late 1990s. So was Love Canal even that dangerous? I, I don't know. That's what the, the state is claiming after the fact. It, yeah, it sounds to me like, it. you know, as long as it had not been breached, you know, the stuff, the, the, the measures that they had employed to keep it 
safe would probably would have been fine. Nonetheless, the company was concerned, concerned enough to say, hey, you don't need to be taking this. But the the state went ahead and did it anyway. So anybody that ever tries to tell you Love Canal was some evil corporation poisoning people, uh, that's not not the real story. I'm still disturbed by the idea that they would uh, keep this clay containment area in the ground. Like, that bothers me. You know? Well, what do you mean? You're supposed to put it above ground? or what? I don't know what you do with it. I don't like it. Sounds, it. it sounds similar to what they do in modern landfills when they're just disposing of garbage, which has all kinds of who knows what in it. Yeah. Toll free number. supposed to be pretty effective. 800-259-9231. Maybe we'll get back to the founding fathers here in a little bit. Uh, some of the things that you might not have known about them that, well, they wouldn't teach you in government school, that's for sure. More coming up. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Plus... A student has been escorted out of class by the police. We'll tell you what for here in a bit. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Have you ever lost power and wanted to simply flip a switch to get the lights back on? If so, this is going to be the most important message you will ever hear because there's never been a better time to get off the grid and generate your own supply of electrical power. Solar power generators are now available. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it the most. Unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, and produces electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running quietly in your own home. Whether it's hurricanes, ice storms, brownouts, or blackouts, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. When the power goes out, you'll be ready with a solar power generator from Solutions from Science. Go to MySolarBackup.com to request a free information package today. That's MySolarBackup.com MySolarBackup.com or call 877-327-0365 That's 877-327-0365 Control of the airwaves here as we launch into the third hour of the program. You're invited to bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com where we give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote the show over at promote.freetalklive.com as we continue... With your phone calls. And then coming up, we'll, uh, Dale's still got some more of the uh, stories about the Founding Fathers that reveal them to uh, not be so heroic. Maybe more jerks uh, than anything else. But we'll uh, we'll get to that. The stuff they won't teach you in government school. All right. First, we go to Ted in the woods on the amp line. Hello, Ted. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Dale, and Mark. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Ted, what's on your mind tonight? Is it snowing up there, man? Because it's sure snowing down here. No, I'll tell you what, Ted. It was uh, snowing yesterday, but uh, not right now. It's raining, actually. Yeah, all right. Oh, it's raining? It's yeah. not cold well, enough. It's snowing. Still not snowing cold enough down to snow. Uh, yeah. Well, hell, we don't know where time, you are, Ted. Where are you in West Virginia? Is that right? I'm in Parkersburg right now. Okay. Yeah. Is that still West Virginia? Yeah, yeah. Okay, still in it. West Virginia. All right. So go ahead. Weren't you living in a mining town or something like that last time? We talk. No, I was just telling you all about Maytown back. Right. That's in Boone County. Or, uh, no, it ain't in Boone County. It's somewhere else. Yeah. So anyway, would you call to talk I about the know. weather tonight? What's up? Oh, oh, and that spring got called in. Man, Coily. he's a fraud because I've wished there was no springs before. 
but it ain't I ain't never seen no spring. So, you, so because this is a guy for our listeners that don't know, we had uh, Coily call the show uh, earlier tonight. He said he uh, was I don't remember how he described himself exactly, but if anybody ever wishes for there never to be springs anymore, he is who appears and he then uh, gives them the reasons why they the are wrong. Fairy. He takes wrong, wrong. The, he takes the springs out of their life for a little while yeah. so that they learn their lesson and how important springs are. That's but right. then the 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 story kind of went to his head. He went megalomaniac on us and said that anything that might be springy, he can actually take out of their lives. Yeah, like too. foam. He was counting foam and knees. Yeah, and, and cartilage in your knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said the ground actually was uh, was well, a spring as well. <laughs> uh, That's right. So you're saying that that guy was a fraud, huh? You're, you're, Ted, you're saying that guy was yeah, a fraud? Man, I wish there was no springs before because I, like, I sat on a couch cushion that had the springs there coming up out of it. They done, I then got stabbed by them springs. That, that's annoying. That's and annoying. I was like, what about slinkies? why the hell's there springs in here? And what about slinkies? I, I, I didn't have no critter come out and say there shouldn't be no springs. It's time to get a new couch, Ted. If if you got springs uh, poking up in oh, your booty. I ain't got that couch no more. We set, yeah. that, we set that bastard on fire. He's that's good. good. <laughs> that's yeah. the way you do it. What else on your mind tonight, Ted? Anything? And, uh, what's up with the man? The government's having a hard damn week. Apparently, man, we got guys crashing airplanes into buildings, and then yeah. we got this guy in California right now. It's in the standoff. He shot up some cops. Is that right? I didn't hear about that one. Is that breaking news? Like yeah, right now? I just heard about it on your news break. Huh? How about that? Well, you know, I don't think that uh, shooting at people is going to solve anything. And as we pointed out on the program, the uh, the well, guy that flew the plane. Well, not unless they shoot at you first. Thanks, Ted, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, as we discussed, I think, to uh, quite an extent last week, this show does not support or endorse any kind of violent actions against the people uh, calling themselves the state. Uh, it's not going to achieve anything, any semblance of uh, liberty in our lifetime, and if anything, will only make things he, worse. You said it's not going to solve. He, when you said it wouldn't solve anything, he said, "Well, not unless they shoot at you first. And and that made me think of something that came up recently. Yeah, I, the notion that defensive violence is good, and and I, you know, I've heard people say that several times now that defensive violence is good, and I and I actually take issue with that i would say well maybe it's better than not using it it might be better than the alternative that still doesn't make it good that's a good I point mean, it still doesn't mean that if you can avoid using violence altogether depend well it depends on the situation but if you could avoid using violence altogether that's probably still better yeah you know, if you can it, and it may not be an option but i'm just saying absolutely right uh, I think it's a reach to say it's good yeah, because it's violence, and uh, even if the person who who did the original violence, you feel even if you feel like they deserve it, it's still not a good thing to enact uh, force uh, upon another human being. And if you try, if you want to, you can look at it as though you're you're really hurting yourself in a way. I like that particular viewpoint that anything you do to another person, you're actually doing to yourself. Kind of a kind of a uh, you know everybody is connected sort of. Uh, I think it's dangerous, um, and here's why: because if um, because because that's the socialist mantra. We are one big humankind organism. It's, it's, everything is all connected. I mean, so that is a true. What statement. do you mean that they're all connected? Well, I mean, at, at a you know, at a as I understand it, a, you know, like a quantum atomic level or whatever. Can you quantum atomically move my arm? Oh no, I'm not. Then we're not connected. Not we're separate. I, I understand on a sort of metaphysical level. Right, on a yeah, metaphysical level, that's fine, but, but I don't I think that. Right. I, I think, think it's dangerous. I think there's more rational reasons for it, though. I mean, well, I wouldn't say, I don't mean to say, 
I think there's more common sense reasons is what I'm saying to to not use violence if you can help it. Because, you know, there's the, there's the old saying, I'd rather be uh, judged by 12 than carried by six, which, you know, is a good there's a good uh, thing to, to teach in that. The, the point of that is, you know. You'd better, you know, that's better than being dead is being judged by 12. So, yeah. so again, sometimes, uh, again, defensive violence might save your life. And I understand that. And some people say, well, I'd rather be the one that lives instead of the criminal who wanted to kill me aggressively in the first place. And certainly aggressive violence is, is, is very bad. And so I understand the notion of defensive violence. But to say it's good, I think, is a real reach. And I think, I think there's this fallacy that you're, you're sort of purifying the world when you use def- defensive violence. And I fell for that fallacy myself. The yeah. whole notion that, you know, when the aggressive people go out and, and, and they use aggressive violence, if you use defensive violence against them and they get killed off, then there's less aggressive people in the world. Fewer. And we end up fewer. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and then, and now, and then we have, you know, a peaceful world eventually. We've purified all the bad people, but it really doesn't work that way. I think that, um, it's, there's always that, there's always gray areas where, you know, in your opinion, you use defensive violence and someone else might say that, no, actually that wasn't justified. And, and then, and then they feel bitter. And then that, then there's, you know, you know, that inspires yet more violence or, you know, whether it's court action or, or just more physical violence or, revenge or sure it's just whatever. a cycle it's, 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 it is sort of a cycle and i think it's a fallacy to think you're going to purify the world of evil by by using a bunch of defensive violence i mean it may happen sometimes but i don't think it's it's a very reliable sort of method of making the world a better place and, and mark to what you're saying about the socialists i, I absolutely agree with you uh, when i was kind of first getting into the metaphysical uh, realm or spirituality or whatever uh that was one of the things i kind of re- recoiled at at first like uh, every, everything's all one i mean come on what kind of crap is that right well i think at some level there's some some accuracy to the statement but it's not to say that uh, there's one consciousness i think that uh, we're all individual uh, we're still individual pieces of what is a larger whole, and I don't think that saying that in any way justifies violence. I think it justifies- does. To the, I think it does to the social to, to many of the socialists. I've had them say just that. Look, you're part of the whole, whether you like it or not, and you better shape up, young man. And then this, and that's the next step, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't. They stopped there. Uh, but and that's therefore, you, you better shape up and do what I say because you're part of the collective. That's, the that's- collective gets to decide democratically, and you got to go along. That's I mean, it it's just that close. It's a hair's breadth from I get to tell you what to do. Okay, I see what you're saying, and I'm, I'm telling you that I originally had, uh, had difficulty with I, I originally had difficulty with that, but I do like the the viewpoint that any time you're doing violence on somebody, that essentially you're 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 doing it to yourself. I like. Well, that I do viewpoint. think that um I do believe that on some level all consciousness is unified, uh, and we know that we're not completely aware of it because because our consciousness does get preserved at least in in part. You know the fact every all of we're right now you and and I and and Mark are all sharing part of our consciousness with the world part of the knowledge we've learned part of our personalities and you know the things that they like about us we're making an impression on other people that might change their behavior in the future and I think that there is that 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 it, that irrefutable fact that that there's a certain level of consciousness that's preserved from generation to generation and it's like this accumulation of consciousness that's going on and someone say say it's just knowledge but you know i I think it's all comes down to patterns and and we're developing more intricate patterns and and the knowledge is passed on and parts of our personalities get passed on we live on in the memories of our loved ones and the people who interacted with us and so in some level there is this sort of interaction of all the consciousness and then there's ego too which is your sense of separation from everything else Mm -hmm. which is very important i mean it evolved 
must have a need for that. That must be a necessary thing. Right. And certainly libertarians recognize that and say the ego is an important thing, the sense of your individuality and sense of being separate from the rest of everything else. The toll-free so. number here is 800-259-9231, whether you want to chime in on the uh, consciousness discussion and the nature of the universe or whatever, you can bring up anything here. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those, including the various different ways you can listen to the program. Go to listen.freetalklive.com. you got live streams there, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, listen lines available to your telephone. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more. That's listen.freetalklive.com. The, school, the public school system sucks off the productive capacity of hardworking people, and whether the public education uh, succeeds or fails, spoiler alert, it fails, at providing real education to the public, the costs go up and up every year. There are no refunds. Oh, and it destroys individualism and curiosity. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education. Visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. All right, toll-free number 800-259-9231. So we can get back to the the universal discussion here in a moment. Let's go to Scott in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hello, Scott. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, you're on the air. Can you hear me? I just wanted to say that this propaganda that you're reading right now about the uh, founding fathers mm-hmm. just hateful it's just hateful Jewish propaganda <laughs> why is it's that Jew- how do you, it's in Jewish oh it's definitely Jewish you can was tell it, by the way it's written was it my it Jewish accent as I was reading it that gave that yeah, away it's, it's your, I think Dale's possibly a Jew okay I don't think the way it, he reads it. Very, what does a Jewish person evil. sound like? I, I, I don't know. I mean, well, have you ever played like a uh, Def Leppard record backwards? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, certainly not. That's what they sound like when they talk. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes, Scott. that's about right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, he sounded pretty Jewish to me, actually. I don't know. He had kind of Scott's accent a little bit. Um, he was you know, playing around with it. You know. He's been hit and miss. I mean, that was uh, sometimes he's been pretty good on his uh, making fun of Scott, our bigoted caller, who calls and is constantly hateful towards Jewish people. Uh, that one, not one of his better ones. But then again, I didn't really know where to go. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right, 800-259-9231. Uh, I think Coily's the best uh, character of the, of the night, at least I like tonight. Coily. Tonight. Ted, Ted is normally pretty good. 
Someone needs you to think Ted's a character? I th- uh, yeah, I think Ted's a character. Didn't if he's talk, not a character, he didn't talk like that. I don't know. If he's not a character, he's he's really uh, entertaining anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he's a character in that way. So we were talking about this uh, this kind of idea that is 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 frequently propagated by uh, socialists that I initially was very uncomfortable with this concept that everything is uh, is one right uh, and as a pantheist that's that's my belief system is that you know everything is is if you want to use the term God all that is the universe if you will uh, is God and of course scientifically there's truth to it right because if the universe if you believe in the Big Bang theory uh, or something like it you know in the beginning everything that is the universe today was squished down to the size of a pea Right. And ever since the, the Big Bang, it's just been constantly expanding outward. So uh, so I've heard a lot of things like it makes more sense to think of the nature of the uh, is think of everything that exists as waves than as individual particles and things like that. Because when you break it down far enough, everything, you know, uh, it's kind of, kind of is just but, but I but I mean, you know, I'm fairly um, as far as science facts go, I'm fairly well educated in them good so correct me if i'm wrong then well i'm not saying that you're wrong i'm i I, but i do think that there's and i share a lot of your belief system maybe for different reasons though i think a lot of what you're saying is sort of maybe true but not particularly relevant (laughs) like yeah technically we all came from the same matter but what really makes up who we are and what matters is our patterns it's not what we're made of as much as how we're put together you oh know, yeah, I'm I not mean, saying this. That so, I'm not saying you're defined by uh, by history. I'm just pointing out that the, I think the truth yeah, to the statement that everything is inherently connected. I mean, everything that exists now, the uh, uh, you know, at atomic or quantum level. I mean, I don't know if I'm using the right well, terms, but essentially, it was all together then. It's just larger I, now. Than I, it ever that was. may be. I think what's more relevant is to acknowledge that so much of who we are right now is built up upon previous generations. And there's this sort of acknowledgement that that a, a lot of my consciousness is is you know the the, the foundation of knowledge and and uh, the the interactions with modern people who have who, whose interactions were impacted by people before them and so on and there's this there's this sort of understanding that all consciousness is is kind of unified you know and I don't mean mystically I don't mean with invisible energies shooting around between brains or anything but through the material world that we interact with I mean you know we're swimming around in it practically I mean you, you know we're we're um we're we're constantly sharing information and data is being transmitted across across the internet by mm-hmm. language by you know all these different factors and there's a lot of sharing of consciousness and uh, and everything about who we are is tr- is is tremendously built upon previous generations. And in that sense, those previous generations are not dead per se. Their egos are gone. There's sure. that, their sense of separation. That sort of you know you could call it almost an illu- you could say it's an illusion or a, or a nice benefit. Well, they that, made their contribution. Sense of separation. Their ego yeah. is dead. That but they, died. But, but they, their, their contribution did not on. completely die. Right, their contribution to all that is. Well, not just and not just there. their contribution, but I mean their actual consciousness. Because how much do we think alike because of all the shared things, mm-hmm. because of all the shared information, and 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 how how terribly different am I from uh, from other people who have had so many of the same shared experiences about you know 
uh, growing up in a womb, or, or sorry, developing in a womb and being born and being raised and and and, and under a tremendous amount of shared media and communication and everything, and and essentially, you know, we are all almost like individual processes in a very massive program that's running. I, I, you know, I, I, we're I, all going, we're all, we're all, we go out and we do our thing, and then we send information back to the main program. You know what I, I mean? I like that so particular viewpoint. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, I'm a programmer. That's the way I tend to think. So. Right, and that's that's it's a restatement kind of of what we're what I was talking about earlier. Earlier, the idea that we are all individuals, but we're individual extensions of that main program. We're individual right. it's, extensions it's, of the whole. It, and it, and it, you're saying, Mark, that like the socialists the take that and they use it as an excuse to say, well, you're part of the whole, so you know you have to do what I say. Uh, but Whereas what I say is that, well, we're all individuals, and the best way to benefit the whole is to allow the individuals to be free. Exactly. Exactly. Your ego exists for a reason, and your desires and your motivations, those are important parts of who you are. Not to and be if consumed you're a, if you're by. A, you might have been spawned off, so to speak, from a bigger process, but you were spawned off for a purpose, and inherent in that purpose is your desires. I mean, a lot of what you, you know, your goals and your desires with an understanding of how you fit into the bigger scheme of things, because I think it's, you know, there's that short-sightedness, which is just, I'm just going to live for myself, and that's failing to acknowledge that you are part of something bigger, but there's also your, you know, again, your ego, which is an important thing which is which is denied and which is suppressed and denied and the value of which is is ignored by collectivists so let's go to johnson on the line on the amp line you're on free talk live hey uh, i just wanted to call in uh, in regards to your uh, comment about sort of the big bang um in modern physics that has been brought into contention that uh everything came from just the big bang Oh, great. I hope you'll tell us about it here in a moment because I don't really know much about it. Uh, I just said if you, you know, that was my understanding of it and if you believed in that. Anyway, so we'll see what Johnson has to say in a moment. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line talking about, well, universal topics here at this point. You can bring up anything, though. It's Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Bring up anything. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free. And one of the things that uh, we offer are various different ways for you to be kept in the loop as to what's going on with Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get a list of uh, the different ways. One, of course, is email with the Free Talk Live updates. Also have Twitter and Facebook. You can go to news.freetalklive to get signed up. And you might specifically want to get on board with the updates list because, Mark, you said you're going to be doing a Totasac giveaway coming up here on the updates list. Yeah. Uh, as well as we're giving away a sword. Uh, actually, a lightsaber as well. So we've got a Two. whole bunch of giveaways to do here. And if you're on the updates list specifically... You'll be able to uh, have access to those opportunities. So you can go and sign up at news.freetalklive.com. I thought it was updates.freetalklive. You can go there too. But news will give you all of the options. You can okay. get t- Twitter, you can get Facebook. But if you want the chance at the contest, you have to go through the updates option. Gotcha. 
HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can create your own very own website with their host, uh, excuse me, their site builder tools and templates. Whether you want a personal blog or a total e-commerce business site, you can use the coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Use the code FTL, you get the month. You don't use the code, you don't get the month. Free talk, uh, excuse me, uh, HostGator.com. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we continue here, Johnson is on the line with us uh, talking about uh, the Big Bang. What is it that you say that science has found? Go ahead. Okay, so scientists have been studying for a long time, and I'm not a physicist, so I'm certainly not going to do a very good job of explaining this, but uh, I will try. Um have been studying for a long time, basically Einstein's theory of relativity. And Einstein's theory of relativity uh, broke down once you get down to the the very small level and you start getting into the world of atoms and uh, atomic nanoscale things. And what they needed is they needed a theory, and I'm sure you've heard of string theory. I have heard of it. Don't really know what it is. Well, string theory is basically what uh, all of quantum mechanics is based on. And essentially what happens is is that uh, particles don't follow Einstein's uh, uh, theory of relativity at the quantum scale. Yeah. Um, it just it doesn't work the same way. Right, so they have to have well, two sets of uh, physics, don't they? There's like regular physics and then quantum physics. Exactly. So what has happened is that they're trying to find a theory that unifies. Essentially, they've been looking for this grand unified theory for a very long time. Does that, when you say unified, you mean to like bridge uh, the difference between uh, the regular physics and quantum physics? Right. Essentially, what they're looking for is a set of mathematics that can explain everything. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's all the not way down happen. into all the way down into the quantum level. Actually, they've they've been getting very close. So actually, it probably will happen, hmm. uh, and probably within our lifetimes. Um, Currently, the most promising uh, theory that's going on right now is what's called M-theory, and M stands for membrane. Basically, it's, a, it's an extension of string theory uh, where they found mathematically that the there are not three dimensions, but, but eight. that there are 11 dimensions. Oh, oh I love the... Yeah, uh, eight, the eight more, excuse me. I love the 10-dimension video or 11-dimension video that is uh, is on YouTube. It is so cool. Have you seen that? It's, not and I, I just know that I can't I, really wrap I, my brain around it. I have to have <laughs> I have to have some contention with this notion that they're going to figure everything out and explain everything because I, I just don't. I guess on some I mean on some no, level I, I mean how we, can you we, break? We, hmm? uh, well, I think there's a there's a difference between I mean sort of um, you you can't take mathematics and uh, science and bring it into the realm of philosophy. In other words. They're not going to be able to explain everything. I don't, I don't mean that. I mean even. I mean even scientifically. I mean science. I'm a big on science. I'm a big. You know. I. I. I, uh, I mean it's a tool so that we can understand our universe so that we can exploit it. I mean that, that's what it comes down to. I mean when you can right. pre- you can predict things and then you that's you know you can't invent something that takes advantage of a scientific principle until you understand the scientific principle of it. And right. so I mean there's a it's it, it it's good for that, but I don't think it can ever break everything down and explain everything because I you just can't. Wow, I wish I had the words for it right now. But it's like you know, it's like breaking down a particle down into smaller and smaller components. At some point, it just is. I mean, well, you, you can, I, I mean, you could. If you, I have to wonder if you keep breaking it down. I'm like, well, what? Where is that made of then? You broke it down into right. this other I, particle. I agree with you to a certain extent, but I think what, what we're going to get, what we are going to achieve, is 
probably something that unifies both string theory and, uh, you know, Einstein's theory of relativity. And then we'll probably discover something else Indeed. <laughs> after that. Um, but as far as this whole 11 dimension thing, the reason why I brought it up is because um, there is a theory that's part of this that there are, besides just strings, uh, that there are these gigantic membranes. I don't know how to explain this without making it sound bizarre, but I guess there are sort of these boundaries between these uh, 11th dimension, these sort of huge dimensions that where essentially entire galaxies are created when these membranes collide, and that's what supposedly caused the Big Bang. And they've actually been attempting to replicate this in the lab. Isn't that a bad um, idea, replicating the Big Bang? I mean, I, I, I've heard this over and over again since the Super Collider, and, you know, I can't help but sitting here on the outside and saying, hey, watch out, guys. Let's not start too big of a bang, shall we? Did you see the uh, the article? There was some article explaining that it's uh, the likelihood that um, someone from the future uh, came back in time to prevent the Super Collider experiment from succeeding (laughs) and if you think well that's just a really bizarre insane conspiracy theory but then you think about like how bizarre the actual experiment itself is then and what the sorts of things that it's exploring and all of a sudden it doesn't sound quite as bizarre but yeah i actually have another one of those for you um but as far as that that goes with the the super i mean essentially they've already you know they smash these huge particles together and this crazy amount of energy. The thing is, is that this crazy amount of energy, and when they're creating the energy of the Big Bang and the energy of the sun and stars and all that, it's on such a small scale that there's actually less energy in one of these reactions than there is in hitting a bat with a baseball or hitting a, a baseball with a bat. There's actually more energy in that than there is in these reactions. It's just that they're so tiny. You know, it's just they're they're rep- replicating these conditions. But on an absolutely tiny, tiny scale. Yeah, that's 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 I I I I, I sort of have a an, I guess I intuitively sort of understood that. But there's always that sort of level of doubt of like, well, what's going on that they aren't aware of. So let me see if I, <laughs> let me see if I got this straight so far. So now, first of all, it's not necessary. It's not necessarily the case that all of science is uh, subscribing to this. This is just one of uh, the many theories about the creation of the universe. Actually, it's it's becoming it's the fastest growing field in science, and it's. It's rapidly overtaking, uh, you know, people who believe in Einstein's theory of relativity. I mean, quantum mechanics has kind of become yeah. like the huge uh, area where people are starting to study this M theory. But what about the? Uh, how does the M theory, this membrane idea, uh, how does this? How does that uh, work into or rebut or agree with the idea that the universe is, is constantly expanding? Um, <laughs> to be honest. I can't answer all the questions of this. I just wanted to call in okay. and bring it up That's and fair. just mention it. Um, you know, what I also want to recommend is there is an author, and I read this book recently, uh, called Physics of the Impossible. And there is this author, and I know he does radio shows, and I think he would make an excellent guest if, if you can get him. Um, it's Professor Michio Kaku. Oh, yeah. He, he's uh, a competitor, actually. <laughs> oh, really? He has his own oh, He well. has his own Saturday night radio show. It's not exactly oh, during well. the same hours as we have it, but it does overlap, I think, an hour of uh, of our show. Well, uh... <laughs> I would not I take him because of that, though. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, if he wanted to come on, I, I mean... He's necessarily a direct competitor because, I mean, his show is probably... You know, a, a fairly geeky audience, and I don't know. You he know, does. Like, he does. Uh, he he actually it was at the last year's uh-huh. talkers seminar. Wait, uh, did you just imply that the FTR no, audience no, is yeah, not no, geeky? I I, yeah, thank you for, <laughs> thanks for bringing that up because as soon as I said it, I'm like, wait a minute. Do I want to 
Yeah, Micho Kaku uh, was speaking. I didn't mean to apply that. He, he was speaking at the uh, the Talkers New Media seminar last year, which I'll be attending this year at the same time as the Liberty Forum, unfortunately. But he was speaking there, and he really did a great job of boiling down science and making it easily understandable. I think he probably would have a pretty a pretty good show. Anyway, but I it does compete with us on Saturday night. I have to. I've got to let you go, my, man. Thank you for the call. My quantum physics is bare bones. By bare the way, bones. the video that I was talking about on YouTube is called "Imagining the Tenth Dimension." Now, I don't think it gets into the 11th dimension, but it does go through 10 of them, and it is absolutely fascinating. Uh, fascinating. So take a look at that. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Uh, enough time, perhaps, for your phone call. If you make it now, to 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. You can do that for as little as 3 bucks a month. You'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only uh, recorded commercial-free podcast, and more. Go get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about what you want, Sam is listening in Crete. I think that's how you pronounce it. Is it, is it Crete, Sam? Hello. Sam, are you in Crete? I'm here, yes. Okay. Hi. And you're listening on uh, somewhere on FM, which I think is cool. So maybe a, uh, a a community slash pirate station we were unaware of. So welcome to Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, God bless the guy that's broadcasting it because it's within like only two miles of where I live. And I get all the programs of Genesis Radio. And uh, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me since I moved out here. Cool. Real quickly, have you guys ever heard of the book A Course in Miracles? I have not. Do yeah, tell. I guess I have heard it. Heard of it. A great book to read. Since I heard you talking a little bit about ego and about God and about one, um, I would recommend you reading it. I'm about 200 pages into it, and it talks about the ego basically as being the self, the uh, the false self, and it's the it's the source of all the problems in the world because we listen, we we our ego competes with the the Holy Spirit, and we listen to the ego, and it uh, it tries to replace God, and it causes so many problems. And since I've been reading this book. Slowly, I've been reading uh, for like the last three, four months, a little bit every night, just about. Actually, things have been happening in my life for for the better, and I started to rethink some of the things and the ways I have been thinking. And as I look and I see the leaders in our country and in countries around the world, I see everybody operate out of ego, and I see all the problems that it's causing, and it's not the way it's meant to be. There's a better way. I, w- I would uh, recommend you read it, and we could talk about it a little bit more. It came to well, a couple I- professors. I would um, probably partially agree with you, only in the sense that I do believe that, like any, like I think the ego is a tool and it's there for a reason, and to di- to dismiss it is a is a very dangerous thing. But at the same time, to become overly attached to it is it can also be bad. Because I tend to agree with that. We are very intellectual creatures, and we're starting to really explore our own the our own existence and their own and the nature of our own consciousness. And at some point, and that's why we're so. More than more than like less conscious creatures, we are aware of the the inevitability of the end of our own ego, and so to be overly attached to it is 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 I think a source of misery. I mean, it's it's a short sightedness, and you have to realize that at some point your ego is going to go away. And uh, well, 
And so when you die, you don't take it with you. Right. Your your sense of that, and I call it you know your and I described it as your sense of being separate from the rest of the universe, which is kind of an illusion. Kind of an illusion. Yeah. I mean, you have it your, is an illusion. You know, because, yeah, it is. It is an illusion based on based on listening to the ego, because there there is one there is a there is we're all from one source, and there is a collective consciousness. There is definite collective consciousness. I was reading about some study they did with some monkeys and some islands in Japan that were on different islands. And when I think a little bit of when 1% of the population on one island learned how to do something, all of a sudden all the monkeys on all the islands started doing the same thing based on somewhat of a collective consciousness. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't find that terribly surprising. I, I mean, I think that we that's. Have it in humans. We we we, we cool. even more so maybe even human. Some, humans. some yeah. people would say we have that a greater the, ability to share information as humans. Some people would say that the world that we see reflected around us is essentially a reflection of the so-called collective consciousness of uh, of all of mankind, and it's a true statement. If you change yourself, you if you want to see the world change, you have to change inside yourself first, and then of course that leads other people to change inside the, themselves, and yeah. you know, eventually we'll get rid of the uh, the coercive state as a result of the the paradigm shifts that uh, the people will hopefully be having. I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. So, uh, they, our, our, so, so someone, they, someone out there, someone out there is subscri- as ascribing a lot of mysticism to what Ian just said, and and I, and I don't know to what extent he he means it that way, but I I, would, I just want to say right off the bat, I kind of want to, you know, don't prejudge that statement so quickly, and and you know, because there's a, that, what he's talking about is really not a mystical thing. Our, you know, our thought, our actions, without a doubt, are affected by our thinking. You know, the way we're constantly thinking and the way we interact with the rest of the world. Thought I don't, comes I first. I don't think he's implying that he's zapping things with your mind. If that's what you, the conclusion that anyone is jumping to right now, just really go see the, men who stare at goats. Yeah, I want to see that. Actually, it all starts with thought, though. Everything starts yes, with a indeed. thought. Indeed, everything course, that we see, everything that is around yes, us, yes. was originally a thought. Exactly. Right, so it, 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 through the thought, we are able to manifest it, however we are. But it's through that thought. That's why our thought and, is so important. And I think and people f- fail to acknowledge how much control they can have over their thinking, which can inc- improve the quality of your life so much. I mean, the way that you react to the you can either be reactive to the world, and you can mm-hmm. be uh, less internally driven, or you can you can decide that you're going to to be more of an actor on the world itself based on your own internal motivations as opposed to just reacting to everything. Because that's an animalistic thing to do. There's a reflex action. There's the animal thing, which is just to sort of lash out when you're cornered or to, right. to do right. an instinctual thing, which is totally just reactive. It's a reflex thing. And then there's this thing that we have evolved over millions and millions of years that we don't give proper credit to, which is our intelligent thought process and our internal thinking and our, our, our ability to to sim- to create symbols in our minds and and use those symbols to better understand the world and better interact with the world and and to develop models and to model things in our mind and then create them in the world and and we we uh, we are you can either you can either choose to like become uh, more involved in your own evolution and to become more of a thoughtful creature, or you can be reactive to the world all the time. And if you're reactive right. to the world all the time, you're just a, you're just like an object bouncing around. You're living by default as opposed to actively creating your uh, your reality. So go ahead uh, with any other thoughts for us, Sam. Um, get a copy of that book. I would recommend you read it, Sam, and we could talk about it. And it was called A Course in Miracles. Thank you for that. Uh-huh. Anything else? That's about it. I enjoy your your uh, show, and I try to listen to it whenever I can. Great. Glad you're out there, and I thank you for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. We've got another Sam. This one's in Charleston, West Virginia, listening to WVTS. Hello, Sam. Um, actually, my name's Ben. Sorry um, about that, Ben. Go ahead. No problem. Um, I was listening to the gentleman a couple minutes ago talking about the Big Bang Theory. Uh, the only 
big problem I have with that is, um, I, and it's not because I grew up in a church all my life, it's just because of part of what I believe and what I've learned in high school, what I've learned from uh, different teachers throughout high school. Um, when they explained the Big Bang Theory, they explained that it was this uh, yellow giant, which is what the sun is, became red giant, and everything exploded and everything scattered out around the universe. And well, I, I find that I find that kind of hard to grasp when if if that's then we're just here by chance. Did you when, hear the? Oh. But, if, but I'm sorry. Um, but if you look at it from the creation side of it, and also try to add a little science to it, if we go any further than what we are now, away from the sun, it's too hot, I mean, it's too cold, and potentially freeze. If we go any closer to the sun, we become it, the our Earth becomes too hot, and it becomes more like Mercury and Venus, where it's inhabitable. So how could we... Uninhabitable. Be, well, two, yeah, two, uninhabitable. Well, two thoughts so how, before you go any deeper into this. One is that it sounds like Big Bang Theory is already sort of on the way out. There's actually there, that, that that's what the next caller called about. And I think the second one is I don't think that what you're describing sounds anything like the Big Bang Theory as I've understood it. But then I'm not a big fan of Big Bang Theory myself either. So, so what what do you believe? Um, well, um, I believe that I believe that just like it says in Genesis. The Lord created the heavens and the earth. The Lord created created us in His image. I mean, I grew I grew up and. Do you think I that, grew? I'm sorry. Do you think that Noah built a uh, giant boat uh, that was um, five football fields long and uh, what five stories tall or something like that, made out of gopher wood over the course of 600 years, and then uh, took his family onto that boat, floated around for a year's time, and for 40. Uh, he floated around for 40 days and 40 and I'm sorry, 40 you're, not, you're not reading your Bible. Um, the Bible says that he floated around for a year. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Here's another question for you, uh, Ben. Do you believe okay. that, uh, is, your, is your God and your belief system all loving? Yes. Do you believe in hell? Yes. How does that reconcile? Uh, because of the fact that we are, we are given a, we are given what is called free choice. And by choosing not to believe in him, we are choosing to turn away from him. Is it our loving God to send it, someone to eternal God torment? Is, hold, hold on, hold on. Our God is a loving God, but for every, but for everything that we, for our sin, there's a punishment. And for that punishment, it is death. And, and eternal just, torment. Just, so if my son, eternal torment, yes. Right, right, right. My son makes mistakes all the time, um, and I'm just wondering if I if I beat the dog crap out of him every time he makes a mistake, am I a good, loving father? Ben, I'll tell you what. I'd like you to answer that question. If you call back, make a point of calling back tomorrow night. Uh, I know you guys only get us a 9 o'clock hour there in Charleston, uh, so call us back then, and uh, we'd love to talk to you further about this. I thank you for the call tonight. Radio listeners, I think we're going to go a little bit extra uh, this evening here, going to do an extended edition of the program, so, uh, or actually, our internet listeners stick around. Radio listeners see you tomorrow night. Okay, well, had a little bug there, I think, with the uh, the automation system. So, uh, sorry for the silence. We are back with the uh, the internet extended edition of the program here tonight. Uh, there was somebody on the amp line. I, uh, if they want to call back, I think it was Gene. You're welcome to dial back in. I think he had something he wanted to chime in here to uh, the conversation. I had something I wanted to chime into that conversation because okay. I, I, I I'm sort of you know I, I'm familiar with the the sort of the, the arguments given um, 
about loving God, about you know the silly the silliness of a of a of a literal creationist theory and a literal interpretation of the Old Testament and so forth. But really, what it comes down to for me is there's this um you know when you hear someone say like well look at the perfect conditions that came about to to allow life on Earth you know if we weren't a little close to the sun a little further from the sun if there weren't water in the right place and everything but but there's like a huge, vast, massive universe of planets that are uninhabitable. We just, uh, you know, this is the one where it happened. Right. You know, it's going to happen. If someone wins the lottery, the odds of me winning the lottery seem astronomical. And it's easy for me to convince you that that's so ridiculous that it could possibly ever happen yeah. to you. But that it's going to happen to someone is definite. Right. It, someone is definitely going to win the lottery. Indeed, it, there are mil- you know. there are millions of stars with with uh, tens of millions of of planets circling those stars, and and that's just what we can kind of see. So um, there's the million monkey theory. Uh, if you put a million monkeys I, in, in con- a room with yeah. a mil- million typewriters for a million well, years, sooner or later they're gonna they're gonna bang out the uh, Webster's. I heard there's a fallacy to that, but even so, the the but the idea is is there. I mean that that yes, yeah, so if you have an extremely unlikely event, if you give Given enough time and enough events, it will happen. It will. Right. I mean, it's 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 almost a certainty. It's not a certainty, but it's it's practically a certainty if but you look I, at you statistics. See, and go ahead. The, well, the, the idea that um, somehow what you're saying is incompatible with the idea of a loving God is not uh, it, it's not true. I mean, you know, obviously with M theory, um, God can be one of these twelve dimensions that we're you know talking about here. There's there's no there, there's no exclusion to that. It's when it's when you get into the realm of uh, the Bible is the unerring word of God. And, you know, this is... This and you're is, trapped. Yeah, you're stuck. You can't believe anything but what they say. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, there's well, a, there's small-mindedness there. The other thing that bugs me about that, the other thing that's small-minded about it is when you say, well, when your answer is, well, God did it. God did it. You know, that's not an answer. That's giving up. That's not trying to figure anything out. And it you doesn't know? matter what you then you say, because you, you, that just leads to yet another question. Well, then how is God, you know, how does something as complex as God come about without an, an event? You know, there's, well, he just is. Well, then why can't there just be, why isn't the, and again, this is sort of my pantheon, I'm a pantheist, essentially. This is, why can't the universe exist as it is with the complexity that, the complex, there's some complexity in the universe in the sense that there is this, there are these physical laws in place and such that something like evolution can happen. And to me, that is awe-inspiring. I mean, it is the, the, the nature of the universe and the fact that these, that all these different factors can come together and you have massive, massive randomness and disorder and seeming, seemingly um, meaningless patterns all over the universe and the fact that somewhere, somehow, order emerges eventually and that that leads to yet more order is a fascinating, awe-inspiring concept to me. Yeah. I understand how it happens. I believe in the concept of natural selection and everything, and it is awe-inspiring to me. And I don't understand why uh, – so I guess I almost, it almost feels like someone wants to believe in something – and and I and I'm like, why don't you look at the evidence that's out there and the and the awe-inspiring nature of the universe itself and be inspired by that? I mean, if you want to believe in something, um, to me, that's 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 um that's what makes me, uh, you know, in a sense, kind of spiritual is that there is this amazing aspects to the universe that make all this possible. The fact that we're here, that we're thinking, and that we're analyzing our own human condition, and mm. and all that is very awe-inspiring to me. Something uh, that uh, Johnson has sent over here, and he's actually on the line and he wants to discuss it. Uh, it's the computer simulation. Johnson, is this you? Yep. Mm-hmm. The computer simulation theory. You sent me a link to this, uh, to one of these pages about it. I pulled up a two-page uh, PDF file that may boil it down. Uh, do you want me to share that first before you go off? Um, sure. 
Okay, I'm going to share this here. I'll leave you on the line. You're welcome to comment. Uh, but let's uh, jump into this. It's from a website, uh, computer, or simulation-argument.com. Nick Bostrom over at New Scientist kind of boiled down a much longer uh, article that you can find in, in, in full form at the, the simulation-argument.com site. So this is uh, – here it is. Science has revealed much about the world and our position within it. Generally, the findings have been humbling. The Earth is not the center of the universe. Our species descended from brutes. We are made of the same stuff as mud. We're moved by neurophysiological uh, signals and subject to a variety of biological, psychological, and sociological influences over which we have limited control and little understanding. One of our remaining sources of pride is technological progress, like the polyps that over time create coral reefs. The many generations of humans that have come before us have built up a vast technological infrastructure. Our habitat is now largely one of human making. The fact of technological progress is also in a sense humbling. It suggests that the most advanced technology we have today is extremely limited and primitive compared with what our descendants will have. If we extrapolate these expected technological advances and think through some of their logical implications, we arrive at another humbling conclusion. The simulation argument, which has caused some stir since I published it three years ago. The formal version of the argument requires some probability theory, but the underlying idea can be grasped without mathematics. It starts with the assumption that future civilizations will have enough computing power and programming skills to be able to create what I call ancestor simulations. These would be detailed simulations of the simulator's predecessors, detailed enough for the simulated minds to be conscious and have the same kinds of experiences that we have. Think of an ancestor simulation as a very realistic virtual reality environment, but one where the brains inhabiting the world are themselves part of the simulation. The simulation argument makes no assumption about how long it will take to develop this capacity. Some futurologists think it will happen within the next 50 years. Just to pause the uh, the, the article there for a moment, uh, you know, you look at uh, futurists like Ray Kurzweil who are talking about the singularity, this this moment um, basically when the, the the AI essentially sparks into into uh, to true consciousness. Skynet goes uh, live effectively, <laughs> and it gets to the point where uh, computers, where we will get to the point where we've become, where we can augment ourselves with technology more so than we ever could, and essentially become cyborg beings, and then uh, basically the computers would get to the point where they are uh, more intelligent than the human brain, and they can upgrade themselves and and uh, you know change their software and replicate themselves and you know create new generations of themselves and so on and so forth. And of course, you know, looking at the way technology accelerates and how it uh, over time just gets keeps getting you know two times more powerful, two times more powerful, that kind of thing. Uh, just I have that's it. Yes. Along that lines. Go ahead. Uh, there's a there's a movement out there also uh, known as transhumanism. Yep. I don't know if you've heard of transhumanism, but sure. essentially what you just said about robots and computers getting more intelligent over time, well, there's another uh, sort of correlation to that, which is that if that were to start happening, that uh, humans, in order to compete with technology, would then start integrating technology into humankind. Essentially, we would become cyborgs. Yes. Uh, and that that's sort of... I guess the, the the argument of transhumanism is that that's inevitable because what's inevitable is that AI will happen. I and think I'm a transhumanist. Yeah, <laughs> I so, think I am. So, yeah, I, I am. Definitely. I, I look at the Luddites uh, and I and I look at the Luddites, the ones that are like, you have to reject technology and go back to Earth and nature and everything. And I'm like, you are embracing death. I mean, you yeah, are fighting <laughs> that your nature, which I mean, it, it's it's I you know. 
This is part of our evolution, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I so, absolutely agree. Let, let me again, jump back it, into this. It goes this. back to when I said it's not what we're made out of that matters. It's how we're put together, and it's the patterns that matter. It's the knowledge that we're accumulating, and uh, and pa- you know the patterns that are right now stored in our neurological makeup of our biological brains. Uh, you know, that's that's what matters, not the, what our brains are made out of. I think that uh, anybody who argues against us being anything but a larval stage of a machine race is probably out of their mind. So I'll tell you what, let me continue here. We're about 33% done already with the uh, the PDF. So continuing from computer uh, or from the new scientists, these would be detailed simulations of uh, the simulator's predecessors. Uh, they, they go on to say that you, know, you would think of it as a very realistic virtual reality environment. Uh, the simulation argument makes no assumption about how long it will take to develop the capacity. Some say it will be the next 50 years, but even if it takes 10 million years, it makes no difference to the argument. Now, the conclusion of the argument is as follows. It's that at least one of the following three propositions must be true. Number one, almost all civilizations at our level of development become extinct before becoming technologically mature. It's a possibility, you know, nuclear holocaust or something like that would prevent uh, that that kind of development from happening. Two, the fraction of technologically mature civilizations that are interested in creating ancestor simulations is almost zero, meaning there would have to be very, very little interest in this to make it so it didn't happen, presuming the uh, humans continued on. Or three, you are almost certainly living in a computer simulation. How do we reach this conclusion? Suppose first that the first proposition is false. Then a significant fraction of civilizations at our level of development eventually become technologically mature. Suppose, too, that and if you look at the numbers of uh, broadband in homes, it's fairly high today. Uh, I think I saw some of the numbers recently. Is it, is it in the 90th uh, percentile? It's, it's up there. Broadband in homes? No. That's not, maybe it's internet. I don't know. I saw some number today that uh, was internet in homes. Like, 90? Yeah, Man, I don't seems know. high. I, to, I, I, don't I don't think know. that seems that Google high. You just what? Gigabit internet? I just want Google Gigabit internet. Is Google going to be offering guys, that? You guys should petition. Yes, you guys should petition uh, Google to get uh, that to happen in Keene because they're picking towns like smaller towns to experiment in, and they're bringing gigabit internet to these towns. That would be wow. fantastic. Like <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Make it happen. I, I, you know, it's hard for me to care that much. My internet seems fine right now, but I guess when it's when it comes time to like plug my brain into it directly and start experiencing things in three dimensions all around me and stuff like that, I'll probably want like you know mega Google bit whatever. <laughs> hey, okay, so here's what I saw uh, from uh, when, when I uh, source a Comscore. Uh, David uh, David Bernstein, actually, our consultant, uh, wrote this on his Facebook. 86% of the total U.S. online population, or 178 million people, viewed video online content during December of 2009. So that's not uh, 90% of the population. It's 86% of the online population viewed online video content. You pretty much have to have broadband in order to watch any significant amount of video online. So, I mean, just there's a lot of accept, uh, accepting of technological concepts out there, thank goodness. And the Luddites, as always, will be left behind. Anyway, continuing with the uh, the, the story here from the, the PDF. So, suppose, too, that the second proposition is false in that uh, 
there are plenty of people that are interested in augmenting themselves and uh, technological advances. Then, a significant fraction of these civilizations run ancestor simulations. Therefore, if both one and two are false, there will be simulated minds like ours. If we work out the numbers, we find there would be vastly many more simulated minds than non-simulated minds. We assume that technologically mature civilizations would have access to enormous amounts of computing power. So enormous, in fact, that by devoting even a tiny fraction to ancestor simulations... They would be able to implement billions of simulations, each containing as many people as have ever existed. In other, world, in other words, almost all minds like yours would be simulated. Therefore, by a very weak principle of indifference, you would have to assume that you are probably one of these simulated minds rather than one of the ones that are not simulated. Hence, if you think that propositions one and two are both false, you should accept the third. It is not coherent to reject all three. It should be emphasized that uh, the simulation argument does not show that you are living in a simulation. The conclusion is simply that at least one of the three propositions is true. It doesn't tell us which one. In reality, we don't have much specific information to tell us which of the three propositions might be true. In this situation, it might be reasonable to distribute our credence roughly evenly between them. Let's consider the options in a little more detail. Proposition 1 is straightforward. For example, maybe there's some technology that every advanced civilization eventually develops and which then destroys them. Let's hope this is not the case. Proposition 2 requires that there is a strong convergence among all advanced civilizations such that almost none of them are interested in running ancestor simulations. One can imagine various reasons that may lead civilizations to make this choice. Yet for Proposition 2 to be true, virtually all civilizations would have to refrain. And that doesn't seem very likely because look at all the different simulations we have out there now uh, on our computer software. I mean, various different World War II simulations and, you know, medieval simulations and all kinds of different, I mean, they're games. But still, nonetheless, people do like the idea of going to uh, be able to experience some aspect of a life that they haven't been able to personally uh, experience. So he goes on to say that uh, the third possibility... Or excuse me, if this were true, it would be an interesting constraint on the future evolution of intelligent life. The third possibility is philosophically the most intriguing. If it's correct, you are almost certainly living in a computer simulation that was created by some advanced civilization. What Copernicus and Darwin and latter-day scientists have been discovering are the laws and workings of the simulated reality. These laws might or might not be identical to those operating at the more fundamental level of reality, where the, cons- the computer that is running our simulation exists, which of course may itself be a simulation. In a way, our place in the world would be even humbler than we thought. What kind of implications would this have? How should it change the way you live your life? Your first reaction might think that if three is true, then all bets are off and you would go crazy. To, to reason thus would be an error. Even if we are in a simulation, the best methods of predicting what will happen next are still the familiar ones. Extrapolation of, stra- extrapolation of past trends, scientific modeling, and common sense. To a first approximation, if you thought you were in a simulation, you should get on with your life in much the same way as if you were convinced that you were leading a non-simulated life at the bottom level of reality. If we are in a simulation, could, could we ever know for certain? If the simulators don't want us to find out, we probably never will. But if they choose to reveal themselves, they could certainly do so. Another event that would let us conclude with a high degree of confidence that we are in a simulation is if we ever reach a point when we are about to switch on our own ancestor simulations. That would be a very strong evidence against the first two propositions, leaving us only with the third. You know what? And then when we, and if, if and when we encounter uh, someone like that who says, I'm actually from the outside world and I'm, this is just an avatar of my real self and... I'm visiting your universe and everything. For all practical purposes, uh, that that's God. 
They, I mean, they they live outside of our universe. What what you know, we can never ever leave our universe without their assistance. I mean, we're totally bound by the by our current existence. Well, I think he fits, that simulation fits and, the same criteria of all yeah. the the people who have basically claimed to be God before him, which is either he's nuts or he's God, and then you have to sort of <laughs> identify uh, whether or not he is. I'm kind of interested. Do you think that we're in the statist simulation? Do you think that the simulation <laughs> that they've created here is the simulation where man has to move through the paradigm of statism in order to find freedom and liberty because it seems to me that seems the history of our right our, when, if you if mankind. you think about agrarian culture it doesn't it's hard for me to imagine creating uh, agrarianism on a massive scale without slave labor and uh, you know so essentially currently today we are uh, you know more free slaves they, they they've redesigned slavery in a, in a manner that Applies to our modern world, but it, it, I think yeah, that at it makes some it point more palatable and makes us more efficient slaves. I think at some more point that uh, you know just because I, I I think that essentially the panarchy model is going to show up, that people are going to have governments that aren't going to be tied to specific land masses, and at that point you'll have something like freedom, um, and. You know, but but I wonder, you know, what did it take this, and and if so, is this the simulation that uh, required that, and and if so, is there another simulation where man was never enslaved by man? Johnson, your All thoughts. All I'm imagining right now is is Tom Cruise yelling tech support. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Vanilla Sky. It's it's um, it's really know? fascinating. There's a, there's quite a bit of fiction out there based on this premise of worlds within worlds. Based on simulations, you know, the one idea thing, of a computer simulation up, that exists inside yet another computer in simulation. So, one thing you brought up earlier, Dale, was about the pattern. The pattern being what matters as far as uh, you know, people and being individuals, and it's not necessarily uh, you know, it's it's their brain and their thoughts and their unique personality is what makes up people as individuals. And what I think is really interesting is that it, along with this idea of transhumanism and, and these simulations, and as we get become a more technologically advanced society, currently we're already developing these uh, interfaces that allow people to, uh, you know, allow computers to sort of read the human brain. And we're getting uh, further along with that, and that we may eventually have a computer neural interface where a computer is able to uh, read all the thoughts in the human brain. And what I think is particularly interesting about that is what happens when computers can do that. We already have the technology to transmit information wirelessly. At that point, then people would be able to essentially transmit thoughts back and forth between one another wirelessly. Sure. What happens oh, yeah. to the patterns of individuals when people start being able to mingle their consciousness yeah, in that it's fashion. it's very possible that what I was just describing as ego is a is a transient thing that we will evolve away from. The notion well, of the, our uh, you know uh, individuals being separate entities at some point might become you know no longer needed. <laughs> just we're just does, it, does at that point though does the world become one consciousness? I mean, are we evolving into the Borg? <laughs> is hmm. that what's happening right now? Couldn't tell you. Certainly possible. It seems to me that uh, you know that that the thinking is nothing but electronic electronic stuff going on in this uh, you know three to four pound uh, blob of fat in sitting inside my head. Uh, that's what thinking is. That's what I am. Um, and maybe you have a three or four 
bottle club with fat in your head. You do too, well, pal. For all practical um, purposes, even if it's a simulation. Yeah, that's the thing about the thing of it being a simulation. Like I said, it's not what you're made of. It's how you put together that matters. And, and if they've designed the simulation that that's, they're simulating a blob of fat, then for, to us it is a blob of fat because we're part of it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, if you're part of it. I mean, here's the other thing. If this seems unreasonable, like you're looking around and like this is way too complex to be a computer simulation. You know, you have to remember your brain itself is part of it too. All of your perceptions and everything is part of that simulation. So all they don't even have to simulate everything in great detail. They just have to make you think that it's as detailed as it is. I mean, if you think this is too <laughs> right, if you think this is too complex, <laughs> I mean, if you think this is too complex, just take uh, one of today's computer games and show it to somebody who was born in, uh, you know, who was ten living in ago. 1900. Or, no, you know, ten no. years ago, Ian. Ten years ago, they would have said no way. They would have been blown away by modern. I mean, if you look at, I don't you know, know about that. Well, okay, twenty years ago. But I mean, yeah, someone who was playing pong and then show them, uh, you know, and then show them right. Quake, you or, know, or before that. I mean, anytime a <laughs> hundred years ago, you show them something that we've got today. Uh, I was just playing a, a game called Fallout, uh, Fallout Three, and spending way too much time uh, on it. And it's one of these uh, it's, it's role-playing game, first-person. It's, it's it's not really a shooter, but there's a lot yeah. of shooting that uh, that goes on, and it's just so detailed and so intricate. And the, I mean the the, the amount of detail in one small area of this game would have been the amount of programming that they would have had in one of those games 20 years ago. I mean, yeah. there's, there's there's just so much more well, now. I'm just, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I look at games now. Like, I look at some of the games that I just played recently, you know, on Xbox or something, and I'm pretty impressed. You know, I've yeah. been around for the whole computer, you know, explosion. It's, it's just about been in my lifetime. I mean... You know, except for the just bare beginnings with the you know vacuum tubes and everything. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, played really, Pong as a kid, and that was a big thing. I was like, oh wow, Pong. You know, it, it seems and, like the thing they're missing now is the immersion factor. Like, yeah. the, you, you're st- you're seeing an incredibly detailed, though. beautiful world, but it's still on a screen in front of you. But you know, three D is coming already. Right, right. Three yeah. D <laughs> is coming. They were talking about virtual reality a long time ago, but uh, but you know, we still don't have the brain jacks yet, like they have in the Matrix. But like the 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 photorealism of the games is almost spot on at this point uh it's just the immersion factor that they're missing i think yeah have you heard of project natal uh, project what natal n-a-d-t-a-l n-a-d-a-l N-A-D-A-L, like natal like uh like natal what is it what is it uh it is a, a thing that was uh demonstrated at uh, e3 the electronics and gaming conference uh last year and uh it's basically it's it's going to be out pretty soon i believe it's actually going to be out this holiday season um, it's for the Microsoft, uh, you know, the Xbox 360. Um, it is essentially a sensor bar uh, that essentially, you know how the Wii works where you have the controller and you can wave your arms around and do all that stuff? Well, Microsoft went further, went one further. Instead, they gave it a sensor so you don't need a controller. Um, it can see your mov- movements. It makes a wireframe out of your body by just somehow scanning it, essentially, I guess, sees in 3D somehow. and uh, essentially, you become the controller. You can drive a game by sticking your arms out in front of yourself and act like you're driving a steering wheel, and you can drive the car. Yeah, you the know, game. the only the, the, yeah, I see where, the, where that falls apart um, at the moment. I'm sure they'll resolve this. Is that you don't feel the steering wheel? Yeah, you know, the like wind. The right, wind like, doesn't okay, whip your I hair. Think my hands are on it. You know. The princess doesn't kiss you, and I don't feel a sword in my hand. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. That's what's called haptic feedback, and. The 
they're working on that as well. I'm sure they are. I've, I've seen a little bit of that. I've seen these things where they especially using, the pin- princess I've, kissing you part because that'll sell. I've seen like where they do currents <laughs> of air mixed with holograms where you can feel a little a little walking elephant on a platform, you know, a little miniature elephant, and and you can bounce a ball and it feels like it feel you feel it a little bit. It's like using air currents and stuff, and you're interacting with it because it's also looking at your hand movements and stuff. So so again, you know, prototyping right now and 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 experimenting, but you know they're they're exploring that too. Yeah, I'm looking at the story from irishtimes.com about the Project Natal, and it points out that one of Natal's greatest strengths may also be a weakness. Media were given a demonstration of it in London last Monday, and playing dodgeball with Natal, where all of your body is in use and you can move closer to or further away from the screen as desired, proved to be a bit of an aerobic workout after 15 minutes. So, (laughs) you're not going to be able to go into uh, multi-hour gaming sessions if you're having to jump around and uh, and move around. You know, and and, and I kind of like actually, you know, a lot of people like love the idea of being totally immersed in, say, like a a fantasy role-playing experience, and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of that and like yeah, that sounds exhausting. I don't want to have to well, swing a sword around and everything. They, I like rolling a die. Well, right. they'll, they'll figure something out for that. <laughs> That's where me. the brain yeah, jack yeah. comes in, where you, you can just think what you want and well, it, I you want will to get the feel exercise. it. I want to get the I'm for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need it. But um, <laughs> there's all kinds of games where you wouldn't need that. You know, there's the, the online Tetris that you can play while resting from uh, slaying dragons. Johnson, when they have there? the brain jack, when they have a brain jack, you can have a body with a much uh, greater. Um, degree of uh, endurance and and right by the time they have the brain jack you'll be a cyborg so it won't matter at that point right i heard mark or your virtual body uh, then or again again when the brain jack your (laughs) virtual body your matrix body can be very uh and uh, have incredible stamina and endurance so go ahead johnson i thought mark just asked me a question i just want to know if you're still there we've been talking over you the whole time oh yeah no i'm still here actually i wanted to mention something that you brought up the uh the thing about the uh, kiss, I guess, kissing the prince or whatever. I don't know what you exactly what you said. But, yeah. but uh, since it's an after show, I can bring up, uh, have you heard of Teledildonics? Wasn't that like a prank, uh, like an April Fool? No, it's, it's real. It's absolutely real. There's a guy who works out in Amish country in Pennsylvania. I saw this on a, another web show. Uh, it, I don't even know if that web show is still on the air, but... Uh, this guy went out and interviewed this this uh, dude who uh, works out in Amish country making these uh, internet-connected uh, sort of pumps and... Uh, sex toys. Yeah, sex toys. I mean, it's just a whole variety of sex toys that, has, <laughs> that can be controlled by someone on the other end of a, uh, a computer. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, so it's a, it's a lot so of cold. It's a lot oh. of guys having virtual sex with each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Don't worry, man. any of these games that you want to play will be illegal anyway. <laughs> wow. All right, Johnson, anything else on your mind tonight? Yeah, one last thing. I think the, the one thing that I look forward to in gaming uh, is uh, I want them to have it so that you, if you have a webcam on your computer that it can read, because they already have face recognition software, I want them to have it so that your expression on your face while you are in front of the computer in any of these games is mimicked on the character in the game. <laughs> That's, so that'd, that be cool. that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That would be awesome. And I'll bet it, it, we'll get it. We'll get it. Soon. It'll yeah, happen. Because they already have speech. So if you have speech, you have the speech synced up so that your facial expression and you can move the avatar, I think that would be a huge step forward right there. 
Thanks for the call tonight, Johnson. Appreciate hearing from you. Extended edition of the program here. 603-435-1105 is the number. Uh, Whether you want to talk about uh, futurism, uh, the uh, nature of the universe, whatever. They'll Uh, have it and the government will want to track it. 603-435-1105. Well, I think that uh, moving past the government is going to be an important step to achieving transhumanism, to getting to the point where... Uh, you can augment yourself with uh, with a computer and become a cyborg and things like that because a lot of the Luddites are the kind of people that would want to take control of the government. And, of course, government people tend to be uh, – yeah, they're control freaks, so they don't want uh, the little people to get their hands on such augmentive, uh, augmentative technologies like that. I mean they, look at the, all the – look at all the hubbub over stem cells, right? Indeed. So – Let's continue here. Another call, 603-435-1105, extended edition. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, it's the Limey Cunt here. Hey there. <laughs> Did you call yourself a limey, limey cunt? Yeah. Oh, okay. They use that terminology over there. I guess I could be classed as an Afrikaner cunt as well. Is, is <laughs> cunt a, as bad a word in the UK as it is here? I like um, see you next yeah, Tuesday that Taryn used. <laughs> it's, considered the mo- it's considered the strongest word to use. However... Um, we do use it far more than the Americans because we don't use the word motherfucker um, because it doesn't suit the British accent, you know, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. It suits the American accent, motherfucker. Is that um, what Americans say? I don't know. <laughs> the way you said motherfucker with your British accent actually sounded kind of brutal. Um, motherfucker. You know, but we, 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 do, we don't just use the word cunt as a noun. We also use it as an adjective. You know, you'll say to someone if they're annoying you, stop being so cuntish. Cuntish. Oh, no, what about no. you? You can make it into an adverb, cuntly. How about that one? You know what? I, well, I heard, I've heard girls. I've heard girls uh, say, "I'm feeling cunty." Um, <laughs> this, this usually means either they're feeling horny or they're feeling evil. Yeah, I would think the latter. Uh, anyways, um, before I go on, can I just say, <laughs> "Fuck, fuck, Aviator!" It's it's computerized Smurfs doing Dancing with Wolves. What the hell if is Aviator? Do, Avatar. Sorry. Oh, av- Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. You didn't like it? No. Oh. If you want to see, if you want to see a kick-ass um, sci-fi film, see District Nine. Yeah, I've heard that good things. Rocks. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, and by the way, I can ask, I can ask Dale. Um, I've already asked Mark this once before on an internet extra bit. Have you seen Team America, Dale? And before yes. you answer, <laughs> you have to answer correctly. Mm. Have I seen Team the answer, America? The answer is fuck yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. America, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> hey, I have to ask you a question uh, before I yeah, forget, because I, I'm going to let you continue. But um, uh, this has been a point of contention with between me and some friends. Um, I had heard at one point that, that the word bloody is actually a relatively sort of a cuss word in, 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 in yeah. England. We see it a lot yeah. on TV shows and stuff, but but uh, but apparently that's, not like a, that's a sort of a no-no, like saying fuck or something over here. You can't... You- can't even say. I mean, here's what's weird about our broadcasting situation. After 9 p.m. on television, you can say just about anything you want. Okay. But on radio, they are very strict. Um, you can't even say twat on 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 the radio. Roger Daltrey said that the other day. He got told off. Mm. Um, you can't say twat. So, so bloody is kind of a curse word there. Yeah. It's it's a no no. Um, like before 9 p.m., you don't say that on TV. Yeah, you would see it before 9 p.m., and you would probably see shit as well, occasionally. Um, But words like fuck, um, cunt, of course, um, and even piss, you probably, you you won't rarely see that before 9 p.m. Yeah, they don't like that one. Well, they can say shit, but not piss? Um, Said rarely. Yeah, you could say say piss like once in a TV program, once. 
Oh. Yeah. You know, you, you know, but <laughs> after 9 p.m., it's it's basically anything goes. Okay. That, so I guess bloody yeah. isn't as bad as I thought then, if you can say it before 9 p.m. No, no. And also, we have a different version of uh, shit here. Um, shite. Yeah, shite. Um, yeah. I yeah, thought that was um, German. Um, I think it might, yeah, it it, it, it is. Um, I mean, I speak Afrikaans, and it is, that is the, the, the Afrikaans word for shit. Um, uh, oh, I actually think Scheiser is shit in German. This is uh, how cultures bond, by the way. <laughs> different uh, people from different areas of the world, talking they bond by talking about their cuss words. Yeah, um, anyways, um, first of all, just to give you a heads up, I'm sorry to plug something here. But um, they all might be interested in this. Me, uh, the only th- I haven't got work today. This is why I'm up at this hour. Uh, me and Gart are recording a podcast later on, on Dale's favorite form of, of libertarianism, geo-libertarianism. Oh God! Uh, so those are the, basically, I, those are the uh, commies, right? I, I just, you know what? I, I don't, I won't mind it as much when someone explains to me how they can do geo-libertarianism without a state. And I haven't heard an explanation yet. There's a guy who's a, a troll on every forum in New Hampshire who constantly brings every subject, every thread that comes up, he tries to steer it to, about, to be, being about geo- libertarianism. He's on Free Keen now. And, uh, and everything goes back to geolibertarianism, and I've tried to get him to explain how you can have it without a state. And yeah, I, he's well, never done it. He's, he, he, he talks in vagaries, well, uh, and I never have heard an explanation that makes it sound like a viable option to me. Has he told you to look into geomutualism? He's talking about. I've heard mutualism and geolibertarianism sort of talked about side by side, like he's kind of for yeah. both or either. Yeah. But he, I, I haven't heard him merge them. No. Are you going to try well, to explain anyway, to me how you can do it without a state? You can't. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, you're asking the wrong. So person. you may as well. So anyone who wants to sell me on geolibertarianism may as well be selling me on fairies, because uh, well, I don't. Well, I think the state is such as a fallacious concept. Anything that requires a state is a disaster. So until they can convince, until they can sell me on geolibertarianism without a state, yeah. then I think it's a completely fallacious concept. Well, I'd point out that most geolibertarians I know are, are extreme devolutionists. So you would have a choice whether you lived in a in a geolibertarian community mm. or not. So you people know, will be I, able to hear you discuss that with Gardner on an upcoming episode at libertyconspiracy.com? Yeah, I just thought I should mention it today because I saw some comments he made about um, someone uh, posted up on YouTube the last time I found in to your show, funny enough, um, and explained it. But I'm going to get more time with Gart, of course. All right, Zig, uh, okay. thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing I, no, from you. On, huh? just, uh, yeah. I have actually got a question for Dale. All right, quick. This is, um, Dale, is it, uh, is it homosexual to have sex with a chick with a dick? And I'm not being... Um, Wait, wait, wait. Okay, chick with a dick is an actual female who has had a penis attached, or a man who is like a woman. Uh, who needs labels? I, you know, do what you want to do. I, wait, I hate. Well, that what everyone, is a chick with a dick? I hate that everyone has to be classified binary. You know, like, you know, what if you're a guy who like, you know, likes affection with other guys but doesn't want to get in, down the pants or something? Exactly. What, what does that make you? Does, are you to? slightly bisexual or are you just affectionate? But, I mean, but Ziggy, I don't care you, for the. I mean, it's of, a chick. It's someone who's like um, a, a pre-op. Um, transsexual, I would take. I assume someone who's maybe on hormones and looks female in all respects, except they still have yeah, a penis. Uh, that's, that's basically what chicken yeah, is. Yeah. Is it? So your question is: Is it gay to have sex with a man who is attempting to hormonally change into a woman? Yeah, um, and some of them yeah, don't well, want to have an operation; them, they want to keep it. Op- not, a, not all of them have the eventual operation. Yeah, many, some of them don't many, want to. Some of them are, are yeah, happy the uh, way they are. They just want to be female, but they're fi- they like having a penis, and so they still have it, and they don't want to change. I don't know. Yeah, What's exactly. your answer, Dale? Is there an answer to that? Or you? Just... I don't think. I don't think it's a. Uh, 
It's it's it's, it's not an either or thing. It's not a yes or no question. I mean, it's just I just don't like I don't care for labels a whole lot in the in the first place. Does it make me less gay that I would totally date a guy if I thought he was attractive if he happened to have a vagina? I would. I told Ian this the other day. Guy. If vagina. if I knew a guy that I really liked and 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 like you know one of those uh you know. Uh, crying game moments, you know, we're about to have sex. I'm like, boing, oh my god, he doesn't have a penis, he has a vagina. Yeah. I'd probably, like, I'd be shocked for a moment, and then I'd, okay, let's get on with it. Because he was uh, because he was so much of a guy? Just, I'm not obsessed with genitalia. Right, right. I mean, this makes me it's very unusual. It's, it's the guyness. This may make me very unusual for a gay man, and, and actually it probably does, because it seems like a penis obsession is... Part of the package, and I just don't have that. I don't. But you do care. like the ass. You you do like the butt. Uh, the ass is important. So as long like, as they need the a male has... ass, they can't right. have a female. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure female asses are great for having babies, and that and heterosexuals are really into the wider hips and all that stuff. But I like the thinner hips and the plump butt and all that. Yeah, That's but very the, important. But does, the, but does the butt have to be hairy? No, I prefer <laughs> it not to be particularly hairy, actually. Thank you, Ziggy. Appreciate the call, man. 603-5... Wait, no. 603-435-1105. 603-435-1105. I'm in a so, living hell. So TMI. I think it's fascinating. So I'm TMI. all in favor of this discussion. Let's continue. You know they made a TMI thread and put me as uh, as the... Uh, on an NH3 the forum. forum. They the made forum. a TMI, uh, TMI section, and I'm a moderator on it. Too much information, right? That's what it stands for. We go to whoever this is on the amp line. Hello there. You're on the extended edition of Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Interesting conversations today. Transsexuals, video games, simulations. Yeah. Trans, trans, uh, trans transsexuals trans transsexuals. Sorry. Gendered? Or what's the right word? Uh, transgendered, I think, if you're actually changing from male to female. Is, I think transsexual. I'm, not, I'm trying to remember what that technically means. They're from Transylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I think a transsexual might be someone who goes back and forth. Uh, we can find I'm out. Sure. I'm not sure. I don't want. I don't want to tell people Wait. wrong. I know I'm. I know I'm listed on the FTL. Um, uh, my I know my profile on FTL says I'm like the expert on all things gay, which is totally ridiculous. A but. transsexual <laughs> is a person having a strong desire to assume the physical characteristics and gender role of the opposite sex. Also, a person who has undergone hormone treatment and surgery to attain the physical characteristics of the opposite sex. It, it's very possible that transgendered is just the more PC modern term for transsexual. I think transgendered is probably a preferred term by people who consider themselves as such. Transgender definition, a person appearing or attempting to be a member of the opposite sex as a transsexual or habitual cross-dresser. So they pretty much are synonyms. They sound very similar. The differences sound very subtle. I suspect it's a, it's just a more modern term that's a little bit more broadly accepted. Uh, well, I shouldn't say broadly accepted, but by you know, it's just a little more politically correct term, I think. So what were you calling about? Oh, uh, yeah, I was calling about the simulation issue. Yeah. I, I, I had read that a while ago, and it was, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting. The only kind of problem I have with it is that it seems like, uh, it seems like there'd be no reason, if you're having to create a simulation, to have the characters themselves. I mean, if that's what they're assuming that we are in this uh, paper, I guess, uh, to have their own consciousness. You know what I mean? Well, I, what, what, do, you, do you know what consciousness is? I mean, I don't think anyone's – we are consciousness, and so we're never, ever going to be able to step out of the frame of what it is and, and analyze it that thoroughly. I, I, I'm not – I mean, to me, it seems that consciousness is just the experience of making decisions, even if those decisions are part of a computer simulation or whatever, and, uh, and I, I, I don't think that um, – 
I, I'm not sure we can ever completely step out of it and say what it is. And how do you know that when you're running computer sim- a computer simulation that there's not on some level consciousness happening there? Well, that, that's true. I mean, there is. Uh, it's I, I used to take philosophy at college. Uh, totally interesting, but not very applicable. But they talked about kind of that subjective experiences. Uh, they called it a qualia, I think, which is I guess because they wanted to get that specific kind of subjective experience that you know people, everyone has when they're doing things. Or since you don't know anyone else's experience, you can't be sure. So I guess that's kind of the issue that I'm having with that is it's like, well, why wouldn't they just have it be, you know, just like behave as a computer program as opposed to giving them subjective experiences, you know, making them you, well, now, than, uh, I think what it's all fun you and have, games. Wait, wait, what evidence do you have that this isn't anything but a uh, subjective experience for you? Oh, I, I don't. So you guys could just be computer programs going back against me and you could th- think the same of me. Kind of goes back to Descartes, I guess. Here's what I think. I think that if your philosophy (laughs) isn't useful, it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that is definitely true. I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, thank you. No, well, <laughs> All right, thank you. No, no, we don't. Have, you don't have to go. I'm just, uh, you know, I, I, the, the, I, I've been sitting here silent mostly through this stuff because I, I hate to go and burst the bubbles, but it just, you what? know, the, burst away, Mark. It just what doesn't do, you want, do what anything do you for me. It's so pointless. Well, thinking, you know, you know, Mark, it's, it's, just, it's a fascinating. I think there's some. It does have some relevance to how you you look at life, but but it goes back to what was said. Well, what if it is a simulation? What should you do? How should you behave differently? And well, you really shouldn't. I mean, I mean, in a in a sense, even if it is real, it's kind of a simulation. Well, because the rules are very real for us. I mean, the, the simulation. The idea would be that the simulation has very specific rules. You know, gravity yeah. is this, and uh, there's all this physical. That's our universe, whether right. or not it was a in a computer program, or whether it's a bunch of bits and right. molecules and, flying and the around. Rules, the rules say Either that way. there are consequences to your actions. So one could look at this. Well, if it's a simulation, I could just go around and kill people. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> well, you know what? That's going to affect your life experience. Experience the same way. I mean, you're you're gonna you're, you're it's all about. I mean, when it comes down to it, you it's all about the experience. It's all about the con, you know consciousness and and what we learn from it and and how it changes us in the future. Like every decision we make is affecting who we are in the future and so on. And that's the same either way. You are having an experience which is your life, and you should be approaching it the same way, whether or not you're you know the, what what universe you're in. It's it's is the universe you're in. So deal with it. Right, and and so the consequences are there for you because well that's the rules, right? I mean if you do something that is uh, is going to create negative consequences, then that's what's going to come come back against you. Uh, so that's how I feel about it, Mark. It 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 draws me up into a. Uh, uh, it draws me up into a state of agitation. Uh, at this point, I'm at a low-level agitation. I could, I could get higher, but it it doesn't – you know, the, the nonsense of it will tend to whip me up into like a fervor over time. What, what part is nonsense to you? There's, the, the, there's no point in talking about it. You're speculating. You're telling yourself a fiction story and then asking me to disprove your fiction. I haven't asked anybody to disprove anything. That's what the philosophy we're, is. It's, we're just sort of exploring a way I understand. Scenario. It's ideas, but, that's and, all. And I'm just saying well, that it, home, it, it just brings me up into a certain <laughs> level of agitation. Okay, well, I, I if I wrote a fiction story, that we're causing you. if I wrote a fiction story <laughs> and then I asked you, you, please... Prove that this isn't true. 
And 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 and, and, and do, you know, do you, no, but the, based on the 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 logic of the of the article, is that is that really how you but interpret I it? I could make the logic. I could make that article uh, that statement about anything. He could use those same points. And you apply it to the flying spaghetti monster. You can apply it to anything. Oh, I don't know. I'd like to hear that if you think so. I don't. Well, prove this flying spaghetti monster didn't make reality. That's not the point. The point is, is it likely that a flying spaghetti monster made reality? And I, I suppose present, it's as likely as anything evidence? else. No, he's saying it's likely well, that the human race becomes I, transhuman, it creates simulations for its ancestors, and then goes to it. That seems far more likely to me than a flying spaghetti monster. Right. You're, you're, you're talking about a very specific, bizarre scenario whereas he's talking about an incredibly broad likely scenario look man i i can't prove it's not true absolutely well and and you don't need to and 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 and, uh you know and it doesn't but do you see the level of agitation that might be brought up i i'm not sure i understand why you're in control of how you respond mark yeah i am well it's like our Go ahead. It's like arguing with religious fundamentalists. It is. Those kind of idiots. Well, it depends. I'm not going to. But, but I'm not condemning right. you the, to hell this, if you don't believe same, it, Mark. The same. Uh, you Mark. use that piece of paper in order to prove itself. Well, That's on. what they do. Well, Mark, what is, what is it that I expect you to do if you believe or not believe this? Or, or what Today, nothing. I, but the same guy who came up out? with God didn't expect anything from anybody at that point either. And then the motherfuckers came down with their, holy shit, you're going to go to hell, jackass. I'm not going to condemn you to hell if you do not accept today, this premise. Today. How's that? <laughs> okay. Well, I, I have another thing that I think is fascinating about this premise that we may be living in a simulation. And if we're in a, if we in fact are in fact a simu- uh, living in a simulation that was created by an incredibly advanced race by our standards, uh, an incredibly advanced race probably of cyborgs or m- more likely pure machine, whatever, then um, I would think I my I have the, of the opinion, and and I have to express this as opinion because I cannot prove it. It's it's there's a little bit of a leap of faith in it that morality is such a useful tool that it is almost inherent in the uh in in the, in the necessity for 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 life to function. I mean, uh, mm. you know, in, at an advanced level, and so I think that they would be moral creatures that they would have destroyed themselves by now themselves by now i don't think they would have been able to function and get as advanced as they are i think there's a sort of a trial and error process that refines morality over time and that in fact they almost have to be very moral creatures and in that sense i think that they have to kind of have a respect for us as uh as creatures ourselves even though we exist in a simulation i think they would have had to have come to the conclusion mm-hmm. at that point that pat it is patterns that matter not what you're made of and not say well these are just simulations inside a computer so they don't matter i think they have to be aware that there is at least at least the very likely possibility that we are conscious at, on some level the same way they are and that they have to respect us uh and, and respect our rights and so i think that there's a, um you know if there if there is in fact this god so to speak, or gods, you know, the creators of our universe, that uh, they probably are, in fact, you know, very moral by our standards. Right, because you'd have to be very moral in order to get past uh, where we are. I mean, we're at a crossroads, uh, I think, where a lot of mankind is very interested in killing one another off, and it's always been that way. So to, in order to get beyond that killing phase and, you know, hating phase, you have to uh, to really embrace, I think, morality in order to do that. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I can't say, like, I know the best morality. I'm trying to explore that myself. 
But it's sort of like saying that uh, uh, that it that it does exist, you know. Just like there's the 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 formula for a perfect circle, but we can't create a, a per, or sorry a perfect sphere, but we can't create a perfect sphere in in our reality. Like there's a limited number of particles that can be in a soap bubble and so forth. But there is the idea of a perfect sphere that we can uh, we can at least kind of model it to get an idea of how to make better spheres in this world. And I think you know uh, uh, the same thing can apply to morality as a tool for the functioning of intelligent creatures and 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 functioning together and living together without destroying themselves. And I think that uh, there's this idea that there is a perfect morality, at least that exists on some abstract level, that we can approach closer and closer to in our reality, and that they're probably a lot closer to it than we are. And that, that that's a reasonable conclusion. I think that makes sense. Thoughts? So. Yeah, this is the the the, the for me. Um, I'm comfortable with what Dale says. I'm entirely uncomfortable with what Ian says, and they agree. <laughs> so I'm really in this, uh, you know, this nether world. Um, because Ooh, I, know, I win. I know Ian's mad. I I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, people, I've worked with this guy for uh, oh, going on a decade now. When I tell you Ian's mad, I'm not just making crap up. I've got a great deal of experience in this area. So oh, you're making me blush. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, caller. Sorry, oh, I forgot uh, your name. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This is John from uh, John. Illinois. But um, maybe you didn't tell so, me. Well, I guess, uh, Dale, on your point, I yeah, I tend to agree. I think um, I, I think I don't know if you guys have read anything by Richard Dawkins, but I know he kind of talks about how we probably arrived at morality from some kind of an evolutionary standpoint because. It is adaptive if you if members of I guess a subspecies work together compared to ones that kind of fight all versus all, and I think that yeah it would have to be something we'd be evolving to. So I, I tend to agree that I you know I, I think it's something that a lot of really religious people like to say oh you can't have morality without a uh, without religion. Well, I disagree. I think that it definitely has something to do with the way our species is wired and over millions of years of evolution. You know, we've even had even to that the point. notion of religion. I mean, that's that's kind of a. I mean, obviously that's a useful uh, a useful term as an, an abstraction of of sorts. But I mean, everyone, uh, you know, you just have what you believe about the nature of the universe, and you either base it on sort of reasonable conclusions or not, based on your experience. I mean, all you have is your experience to go on, and then you make conclusions based on that. And um, and I think that that's just. Uh, you know, I mean, you have whatever your morality, you have your reasons for it, and the question is, are they re- are they reasonable or not? John, any other thoughts? Uh, no, that was about it. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five is the call in line here for the extended edition of Free Talk Live. Of course, Dale still. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us here. Extended sure. time, Dale. Always fun. Anarchyinyourhead.com is his website. Let's continue. Another amplifier is on the line. Hello there. Who's this? Hey, this is Matt. And I'm in Maryland tonight. Hey, Matt, what's on your mind? Um, you guys are talking about all kinds of deep metaphysical things. And uh, I want to know how you would be able to tell if this was a a uh, simulation that uh, the world wasn't controlled by reptilians living underground. <laughs> and they control everything. And they're actually... Have, have set in motion because they're very advanced beings and they've set in motion the simulation and actually their ultimate uh their their ultimate um what they want is they they want to control our minds and completely wipe it out so they're they're letting us invent all this uh this uh technology 
so that they can actually infiltrate our minds, completely wipe us out, wipe it out, so that we become nothing but pure labor slaves for them. Wait, mm-hmm. I thought you said the reptilians created the simulation in the first place. Yeah, you sound really right. all over the they're, place. They're you need creating to tame... a simu- simulation to, to to control us. But um, if they created the simulation, so hold on, are our bodies real? Are you saying that we're inside a matrix? Are we? Do we have physical bodies that are plugged into a matrix? Are we purely computer simulations? What is the deal well, here? Because you know, we're I talking think... about being, we're talking about that we are our entire consciousness is inside a virtual world, meaning we don't even have physical bodies the way we think of them. That we're just, it's just a simulation of physical bodies. Now, you're talking about something else, I think, so you need to clarify what you're talking about. I think he's joking, actually. The whole, the whole okay, well, it's conversation <laughs> is, is very, very out there. It's very metaphysical. So just about yeah. anything can happen in this conversation. Yeah. And so what if these creatures feed off of emotion? Kind of like uh, plants feed off of sunlight. Okay. The, the energy created by emotion is what these beings uh, feed off of. So what they're doing is they're trying to manipulate our emotions so that they can have different tastes, different flavors of emotions that they can feed off of. It'll make a good not, uh, a good fantasy story. I think it's it's on TV right now, but... V? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh, but but I still you still haven't really answered Dale's question. I mean, I, I realize you're, just, you're playing here, but... Uh, when when you're saying they're feeding off of emotions, are you suggesting that there are some bodies plugged into some sort of simulator, a la the Matrix? Are you suggesting that they've somehow harnessed uh, people, they've harnessed consciousness and managed to split it off so they can get emotions out of it? Uh, I mean, I just don't really get it. They've actually made the over over millennia have created all that you see. Over thousands and thousands. Well, why of years. though? I mean, the, the, you know the the, the, bio, the biology of, hold on, of us is actually a machine. It's actually uh, a bi- biological machine. Okay, but and I they, understand that. They, but but where's the motive? Because in the in this the simulation that we were talking about, there's the the entire motive of it is explained, and it's actually seems like a very likely scenario. Whereas what you just described sounds like a, a millennia of effort for an extremely advanced advanced race to make slaves. And the thing is, like, oh. slaves shouldn't be that hard to make if you're that advanced. I mean... Okay, well, if 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 you're talking about the, the... When you go back to what you originally were talking about, with the three choices that you had, mm-hmm. I'm of the opinion that there's a hell of a lot more than just three choices. I tend to th- agree. Well, hold on. Um, I think they were done in, in sort of like an exclusive manner. Like, you can break people into categories... Like I could say, there are there are there are guys who masturbate and guys who don't masturbate. There no, is no, there aren't. Right. There is, well, I'm sorry. No, hold on. Okay, no, hold on. It's a fictitious well, subset. I would say there are guys who masturbate and guys who won't admit that they masturbate. That's another category. <laughs> but no, but no, honestly, like let's all right, let's say you could say people who have black hair and people who don't have black hair. I've just categorized all people. Everyone. There is no third. I mean, you can make a, if you make a, you know what I'm saying? That that's They're everyone. People. And, and that's exactly the way that that I'm was, and, and that is that's the way exactly that the, what I'm talking about, because that's fallacious to say that there are people with black hair. I mean, it's not fallacious to say that, but it, well, it's, but do you understand it's what I'm saying? To say that means there's only two choices, because there's not. There's people Within, with black in hair. The, in the manner that I described hair. it, you can throw, put everyone in the, into those two categories. Everyone right, will fall into one or the other, doing. and that's and when he and when he's describing that simulation, he described all the possible scenarios. 
they were incredibly broad scenario. All of them were broad scenarios, but they basically right. covered all the bases. So uh, based uh, in, in the in the category of which he was talking about, that covered them all. So so yeah. so no, I mean uh, it, it's it's not, and it's like it's it's really like that's why the analogy with the spaghetti monster doesn't really fly. In comparison to this, because that's not a likely scenario, whereas what what Ian described, those three setups, there was like, you know, it described all the possible things that there could be, and the third one was seemed rather likely based on that. Okay, all right, in defense of Mark, um, I wrote a book in 1986, I called it The Black Blade, it was a fantasy book. When I read it, there was passages that I would read, that I would go... Geez, I didn't write this, mm. and and I did. I, I wrote the whole book. I've had and, that you know, experience too. Right, but I'm like I've going, gone back and know, looked at old writings. You know, so. it's 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 very strange. It's as if something had inhabited do, my body. Well, do you know what? Do you know what happened? You know what though is that you're wait, a, wait, 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 you're wait, a different wait, wait. person no, than I'm you were to... when you wrote it. That's true. You're not you. You're not the same person anymore. who wrote that book. We are I, constantly I changing by our experiences. But, but here's 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 what I'm saying in defense of Mark. And, and what he was talking about with the spaghetti monster. Now, if you were to read my book, I could say, prove to me that that didn't happen, that that wasn't the actual events that was beamed to me across space and time and put into my brain, and I wrote it down. Well, you, you can't, can't prove that. Well, you well, can't prove it. You can't you're right. Disprove it. There's a whole lot of things that can't be proven or disproven. So if I, if I happen to believe that, I would probably likely be the only one who would believe it, but I, uh, just just for the record, I don't believe that. Okay, but if I did, then is, is that wrong? What do you mean wrong? Well, is it you know? Are you are are people going to argue with me? Are they are are they going to? I don't know if they're going to argue with you. Probably they're going to argue with you. To me, because I believe that they're probably going to argue with you. Very stringently, they might think you're crazy or something. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I'm, but it's not, again, it's, it's the flying spaghetti monster analogy. It just it doesn't really fly. You're just basically picking some weird situation. And we are, this, is an, this is a situation that's extrapolated on based on logic and based on the direction of, the direction of technology. You know, you, the, yeah, te- I, the, technology, the, 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 the technology exists to do this, or that it will exist to do this in some period of time. And that's extremely I, likely. And it's it's basically exploring incredibly broad scenarios that all lead to the same place. I don't. And, the, I, and there I are not an incredibly believe, broad. I, I personally don't believe in the whole ancestor uh, ancestor uh, simulation thing, unless you know that that's what you're doing, unless you are actually taking place. And I don't think that the that the creatures that you have that you were simulating would actually have consciousness, would actually be alive and be able to change. Do you know something about consciousness that I don't know? was explored on Star Trek with the holodeck right. a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Every time it was ex- ex- explored, it, it, it irritated me. Well, do you know something did. about consciousness that I don't know? Because I don't think anybody really understands it in great detail. I do. <laughs> I do understand no. consciousness a little bit. I do meditate on it. I think I know it. So do I. I don't know whether I know it better than I you meditate or not. quite well, a lot. I know you know everything about it, and I know nothing. Doubtful. But um, this is this level of agitation that I'm referring to. 
You see, like I think that there's a, I, I think that this is an important lesson that one must take when one decides to do a nationally syndicated radio show and turn it on its head and and talk about something entirely different for an extended what? period of time. <laughs> that you're what you this this is a conversation for a different audience. Why? Our we're, we're having fun. We're having I don't a fine know. We're time. getting a lot of callers. <laughs> You're having a fine time because this is a. They sh- can stop listening anytime they want to. And, indeed, and they will. <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's what I'm pointing out to you is that Matt is at a certain level of agitation, like I am. I've packed up my computer. Well, my ass is leaving. Well, I, I don't know uh, why. You, do you feel agitated, Matt? Why? What's the problem if we if we you know what's the problem with with uh, I, I us having the conversation? Agitated, but but at the same time. It is an entertaining conversation, and I do like having it. There you go, Mark. But Get the hell out of here. I'm, ju- I'm just. T- I'm telling you that there. That go away. W- the point I'd like to make here is that your um, point. Go home. when it goes uh, when it goes on on radio. Now, it, I think on an after show, it's absolutely fine, and I and and I do. I tend thought it was to- fine on the radio. We got some Christian guy calling in, and that's always fun. The the Christian guy was calling in about the Big Bang. What happened with uh, Gene? Wasn't Gene calling the the Christian anarchist? He, he was on hold and he dropped off. Yeah, he's oh. not going to play with us on this one. Okay, uh, I, I would be curious what he thought about. You know, if you think about, okay, these creatures are likely to be very moral, and so they're going to uh, respect freedom and things like that. Then you have essentially a God who respects yeah. who respects choices. You know, and and, and Gene doesn't believe in hell. I don't know. You might get the authoritarian desert god that's very vengeful too. I, I don't think know. so for the reasons that I gave, though. But yeah, I, you know, it's a you know, I, I think it's extremely unlikely because I don't know that yeah, we could. I, I doubt that we can uh, we can advance and survive uh, as an intelligent race and cooperate to the extent necessary to advance technology without morality, without a pretty refined morality. So I doubt it. Well, but right. that's that's my. Matt, any other right thoughts? Now, That's my argument. Yeah, right now, I am actually writing a fantasy that vacillates between two worlds, which is very interesting, but as it's not a simulation. Very good, sir. Story. Thanks for the call tonight. Always appreciate hearing from you. 603-435-1105. About to wrap this one out, I think. Uh, Mark, you're, you're, why don't you leave? You know, you seem to not you want to be money. here. <laughs> oh, I see. How Do you want to take that? Oh, never mind. All right. So, uh, any other thoughts, gents, on the uh, these metaphysical, uh, spiritual, futuristic issues before we move things along here? Hearing none. You know, I, uh, I I really enjoyed my lunch with this guy who uh, basically spent forty five minutes railing on what a madman you are. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, tell <laughs> me more about <laughs> that. I want to hear. Just, give us a little tidbits about why you're, you're so confident that Ian is mad. I I just love it. I'm enjoying I, it. You know, I've I, I I've just just my experience. I you know, it's not something that you can because uh, it's know. crazy to get on the radio and say uh, say you don't pay taxes and like not and it's crazy to uh, stand up against authority and it's crazy so to you say speak. Is he's foolhardy? Uh, well, he's certainly that. Um, Would you call it? Is that the the primary basis of it? Uh, no, it's it's a um, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of how the world works. Like that's what crazy <laughs> is. Crazy is an inability inability to uh, sort of be in touch with reality and and what's going to happen. Well, what, what do you th- what do you think? I'm disconnected from uh, from reality. Yeah, yeah, I do. What, what do you mean by that? I don't want I don't want to go into it because well, what do you mean by all, that? All your, <laughs> we've had this conversation on multiple occasions. No, we have. Yes, yes, we have. Uh, no, we have. There was one time when I was disconnected from reality, and that was because I you wasn't sleeping. You were sure disconnected at that point. Now, what are you talking about? Um, uh, you were saying that that was because of a lack of sleep, but I remember you going to sleep at that time, too. 
What what is it that you're refer, referring to when you say I'm disconnected from reality? The the expectation that one can do things and have those things uh, result in uh, you know you know stuff that's other than the obvious. Can you give me a specific example yeah, of what you're talking you know, about? Your belief that you can stir people up and um, get that them I all upset and then expect uh, freedom to result from that. What, what what makes you think I have a belief about that? I mean, you know, the evidence is is large. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I think that's a part of a necessary component. I do think you kind of, you know, like I said, when someone is thoroughly, thoroughly indoctrinated into an irrational belief, there's no, there's not a logical basis for it, but they're, but, but they believe mm-hmm. it because they're thoroughly, deeply indoctrinated from an early age. Yes. You, you, you need to proverbia, proverbially grab them by the shoulders and shake them. Uh, 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 that's a component of it. It's not enough by itself uh, for liberty, I don't believe. But I think that is a component that ha- that kind of has to be in there. I think they need a safe place are, to go. Yeah. And if you don't provide them with a safe place, they're not going to go there. They're going to stay where it feels safe. And well, so I, I I just know I've been exposed to ideas that I scoffed about. Like just like, oh, that's ridiculous. And then, but they, but then it's planted. It's you. in me. It's in my head yeah. at yeah, that point. Yeah, you, you and, and I. Then are later th- on, I kind of like, eh, I didn't wear. I rejected it right away because it wasn't comfortable. Like we you are said. thinkers. It was a, a de- you know. And then, but then later on, I'm like, you know, with again exposed to more information later, uh, more conversation, more you know, more information and and a chance to develop and mature in in new ways. And then I can look at it in a new light. But that seed had to be planted at some point, you know. Agreed. What's this comment about we're thinkers? What what is it? What were you? Where were you going with that, Mark? Uh, we we think about these things. A lot of people don't think. I, well, they, oh, this is what I think. This is what Dale is is talking about Isn't here. That, that kind of the problem. Aren't they them, programmed not to think? Right. You they're programmed yeah. not and to think, and you give them do, you give them the idea that sh, you know allows them to uh, to realize that there are other things they could think about, and then get them on the the process or on the tracks of actually beginning crit- the critical thinking process again. I think hearing uh, radical ideas, it, it sounds like you're critiquing the fact that you know we're iconoclastic and uh, radical on this program. Program. Uh, and I think there's a va- I think there is value to that, and it's not like we're iconoclastic, radical, and hateful toward uh, toward other people. Or iconoclastic, rather. I understand what he's getting at. I mean, you 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 know, because people do have. I mean, their their indoctrination is also their comfort. You know, they they're comforted by their delusions. I mean, a lot of yeah. people. Are, I mean, I think I think there are a lot of irrational religions out there that are like that. And I've always said, statism is just another religion. It's a it's a you know it comforts people they they look they want they want easy answers to complex solutions and 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 statism is just like a lot of religions are statism is a snake oil that that's like the cure for all their ails it doesn't actually cure their ails but it's a placebo Mm -hmm. and uh and it's comforting and so it's if you if you just shock them and say no that that thing doesn't work it's just a bunch of snake oil then that's just oh no 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 i need it i need it you know and it's very scary for them and so that doesn't necessarily help them but i think that it's a, a component is Helping them to break free of their delusions, and then, then you have to tell you know. Then it's it's you know, there's but it's not all. It's not enough. And not that's everybody's why, going to either. But that's also why I'm not in a mode of destruction. I'm not in a mode yeah. of like I have to destroy statism. No, you, as much as I am trying to, to promote, it. you have to replace peaceful it. alternatives. You you have to right. You have to give. Yeah. Uh, you have to have create the replacement. Uh, the cr- replacement ideas for people to move toward. Uh, mentally, and not everybody's going to. Some people are going to take their statist ways till they die. I mean, if you listen to Talk Back, this morning show that uh, that airs on Saturday mornings, you can hear it on the Liberty.
Liberty Radio Network from 9 to noon Eastern Time. Typically, the Liberty callers tend to call later on in the show, but you, you can get them in the early early parts as well. But Cynthia is the host of that show. She's one of the city councilors here in the area, and I talk to Cynthia on a regular basis. Uh, I call the uh, I, I call Talkback on a on a weekly basis if I can, unless something interferes and I'm not I'm not able to. Sam from Obscure Truth Network will be joining us tomorrow night. ObscureTruth.com. He also calls in regularly, and and Mark, you know, you've listened, you've made some calls where you've actually had to repeat yourself. You've brought up points like you know she'll bring up the pig farm objection multiple times, and like they they they're not necessarily getting it. But at the same time, it's not crazy to call in and take a, a radical pro liberty position that's radically different from their particular belief system, the status belief system, because well, we're not uh, we're not nasty about it. Cynthia will always comment about how uh, how nice the free staters are. She when. People will call in to say things about how uh, terrible it is that free staters are here, and she'll she'll defend uh, to some extent the you know the fact that we're here and that our you know we even though she may not agree with our ideas that uh, that you know we're, we should be listened to and things like that. I think that's so, probably progress. She's probably less amenable uh, less amenable earlier, and and after you know over time it seems like we made a more of a I think positive so. impression. And 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 when I go like I'm actually pretty active with uh, like with some volunteer work in Keene, sure. and I meet lots of great people. I enjoy it. I get to meet a lot of great people. I get to get a feel for Keene itself and the people who live here and, and feel more of a part of the community, which I really enjoy. So I'm doing it for selfish reasons as well. But but there's this uh, there's this um, there's also this notion of, you know, in the process of getting to know people and everything, when I talk about my ideas and, I, you know, I don't want them to just think of me. I, you know, so many people have this impression of libertarians as being like incredibly selfish people, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they're just, you know, and 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 they have and and if you're liberal you think libertarians are conservative and if you're conservative you think they're liberal and they're just automatically the enemy and I'd like I like the idea of like you know I want to show everyone that I am actually interested in improving this community and prove it and sure. by my actions not just by blabbing and complaining and talking about how bad the government is you know I want to say look I want to make a better community I want to create voluntary alternatives and I'm doing it right now I'm not going to wait for the government to go away I'm going to start working on alternatives right now and try to you know, I'm working on a. I work at a shelter that is primarily start. It was started with voluntarism and is primarily voluntarist driven. It's not going to stay that way. It's almost impossible to for the state not to get their tendrils and everything. But I'm not going to just abandon all 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 the all that um, until the government goes away and just complain about it until then because I think I need to start working on it and yeah. and 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 making impressions. And my thought is, you know, these are people who I'm talking to on a regular basis and these ideas come up and we can talk about them. But and you they, don't hide and your I'm beliefs. a real person. I'm not just right. someone who's arguing with them. I'm someone they like and trust. And and if I water down your beliefs, do you water? No, water, I don't. You don't hide. No, them? I don't. I don't think you have if to. If I get shoved in a police car really... someday, they're gonna know me. They're I... gonna know who's getting shoved in a police car. It's not just some nameless crazy guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, and I don't think you have to, but um, to, to, to I don't think you have to water down your beliefs. But I do agree entirely, Dale, that you approach them from the standpoint of love. I'm tactful, and, and, right? And you, and you're you're there providing them with something first. And I just I you know honestly feel that uh, there's been a great deal of activism in Keene where you suggest uh, essentially where you offer nothing. And only tear down what uh, these these cherished institutions of people, and it doesn't it doesn't do anything. It doesn't provide anything, and it only worsens the cause of liberty. I'd like to dr- to you know make an example of say driving without a.
without a license plate or driving without a uh, driver's license or something like that. It's like peeling the onion from the inside. It's not the place to start. And it where is the place to start, Mark? On the outside. What's that mean? Uh, places where government can be eas- more easily peeled away. Like what? What, uh, what good civil disobedience would you suggest? I don't know. I don't know that knowing. civil. I don't know that civil disobedience is the right way to go. Okay, so then nobody wants to that. hear what you have to say about that because there are a lot of people that do agree well, with I, civil disobedience. I think that by what you're saying, and and I think I'm I'm trying to do that just in the broader sense, and I do pick my battles and everything. I do understand the need of this for sort of doing positive things, but uh, but I you know. But I, you know, meanwhile, I'm, I'm I'm all for doing the other all that stuff while I'm showing people by my actions that I am trying to make a better. You know, I am trying to replace the bad stuff with something. Really, got to go. Got a wife and stuff. We'll man. get out of here then. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so yeah, I think uh, on the point about civil disobedience, uh, Mark is not the person to to uh, to talk to about that kind of thing um, because he just doesn't not a big you know he's not a not a big fan of it. 603-435-1105 is uh, is the number here. I think we're about uh, about out of time. I think that you know there are some forms of civil disobedience that are inevitably going to upset people. It's it's part and parcel of the process of civil disobedience. I mean, if everybody was so obedient, well, it would still upset well, people because I, I even think it's the grabbing the shoulders and shaking people and waking them out, snapping them out of their indoctrination. That doesn't always go hand in hand with here's the alternative right now. But I do think that you do, I do think that it is only a component of of achieving liberty because we do of need course. to build. Um, you know, there's so many people that you know are always in this in the mode of attacking government, and they're not thinking in terms of well, what are we going to do? Um, to you know, how are we going to build our communities and things like that, um, and create this sort of peaceful, voluntary uh, um, society. You know, if all we're doing is attacking government and tearing it down and not and not doing something else. So. Oh, Mark's back. You know, um, in, in talking to this guy today that I was uh, having lunch, here's a guy who believes that the government is entirely inefficient and that mm-hmm. the people that work for it, uh, by and large, are, uh, you know, slugs that uh, suck off of uh, the, yeah. the public teat. And, you know, there's, there's a guy ripe for the liberty message. Great. But somehow he hates you. Oh, and yeah? your activism sucks as far as he's concerned. And I feel that. So he wants to vote. What do you mean he wants well, to he's vote? Well, he sounds like a voter because you know, the people that believe in the system are very upset by the fact that I ran as uh, a no – attempted to run as a nobody candidate. I think he had more problem with the 420 celebrations. The guy's out there trying to work and he sees a bunch of people who aren't. Well, hey, some people like the 420 celebrations. Yeah, so, they do. You know, and, you, know, yeah, you, can, you can always find critics of any example of the people The 420 celebration are, doesn't seem like the worst well, thing to me, but I'm just saying that – But know, that's what he had a problem here, with. Here is fertile soil. Okay. Okay, well, Mark. Well, I, one, I'll I, trade you one, uh, one case study for another. Julia well, – I told you about this the other day. Julia went to uh, to uh, to buy a car, and the salesman uh, told her that her his son had gone to the 420 celebrations, and he totally supported it. So there's one for one. Sa- salesmen well, uh, tend to like I, uh, whoever they're selling cars to. Yeah, well, I I understand that. I I think there's some poss- you know some likelihood to that. You know that they they just they they that's a tr- they learn these techniques to get on your side. You know they get oh look you should trust me because I'm like you. Yeah, but you know? she was already <laughs> buying the car at that point. I like uh, what what why um I understand where you're coming from. I'm just telling you I like personally I like the people that I sell ads to. Uh-huh. And because that's the way it goes. When, so you when, would lie to them? I'm not lying to okay, them, Okay, no. you're saying the car salesman was lying at that point? I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you that All humans right. act in a certain fashion. Okay. Suddenly it made more sense to him. Here was a per- real person um, is sitting yeah, in front of him. Yeah, he's a car salesman, though. I but the sale was being made 
And he told her at that point that because she was writing her email address down and he noticed the free keen and he made a comment uh, just spontaneously about supporting uh, his son going down to the the 420 celebrations. I am just saying your case study isn't as good as mine. Whatever, dude. It's a case study. I mean, I will admit that I I experience a little bit of frustration. I tell myself not to get all frustrated over this. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing and hopefully prove by example to people that this is a good tactic. But I do get to experience a little bit of frustration that I've not encouraged as much as many people. Some of them have as many people to do more volunteer work and stuff in in, in Keene. A lot of them they, work. They it's talk hard. about it. They they I would like to see them put their money where their mouth is. They say, yeah, that's true. And I'm able. I'm in a position. I put myself in a position where I can do more of it. But I would like to see. Um, you know, this just now and then. Like I try to post days when the when the shelter, which was started in a voluntary fashion by someone with their own money out of pocket. Um, when I post that they are short, like this day and that day, can I'm you, scared you know, to go over there. Honestly, in, you know? I mean that's how I feel. Uh, scared of homeless people? Yeah, I, I would. I would hope that you're. You got a thing uh, against them though. That's that's why. I, you know, I, I just I think, uncomfortable. I think you have some un- irrational fears, and I I was a little scared myself, honestly, a little so, bit. Were your fears irrational? Um, uh, well, they were based on a little bit on ignorance, and and then being there has helped with that. Because they, I mean, what I'm learning more and more is that they're 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 really not that much different from me. They're really not. I mean, they're people, and uh, and part of you know my Quaker faith is part of that that helped me deal with that fear, and then if, and then and then learn, gain new knowledge and experience that helped me. Why can't these guys do uh, man their own uh, uh, homeless shelter? I mean, why can't they you know do whatever it is? Anybody that you're doing? anybody can do it who has the will to do it, and I have the but will. The homeless to do people it. don't have the, the will to do we it. You have to pay the some rent. Some of them are. Some of them are. Yeah, uh, Mark. You know, there's some homeless people who are helping, and there's some homeless people who aren't helping, and there are a lot, a lot of people who aren't homeless. Homeless who, who are helping, and a lot, a lot of people who aren't homeless who aren't helping. So I don't want to categorize and say, well, it's the homeless people's responsibility, so I'm not going to do it because I'm more concerned with, I'm, you know, if I'm out there saying let's replace this violent uh, entity with peaceful voluntary alternatives, I need to put my, I need to like, you know, it sounds a whole lot more truthful and convincing if I'm if I'm behaving in the manner that I'm telling other people to behave. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going out there and doing it. I'm not going to wait for someone else to do it because I feel like it's their job to do it. I'm going to do it because I have the will to bring about that society. And 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 and, and hopefully if I can't talk people into doing it, I can go do it and by example convince them to follow in, in those and, and do the same thing. If, if, if it in fact proves, and I think it will, to be an effective tactic for bringing about a peaceful society. Well, I think different people have different passions for, you know, different projects. And, sure. uh, you know, so um, you shouldn't be discouraged if somebody doesn't want to participate in your particular project. I don't and think and I'm not going to let it. I'm I have a real problem with, with I, I, almost I, I, I'm anything. I'm just admitting I, exper- I, I feel a little bit discouraged sometimes, but I'm not going to let that discourage me. It bothers me when able-bodied men um, don't work and, uh, you know, they don't have, you know, you know I just, I just, I, I'm very disturbed by homeless people. I, I, well, I think the, that there's the, a great deal of them that don't work because they don't have to, and the, then giving them free stuff only makes it so that they, they well, continue to not have to work. Well, I think the guy that's running the shelter is very aware of that. You should meet him. You okay. really should. He's I'm, a great I'm guy. Meeting, I'm sure. He's really trying to lift people up and get them on their feet so that they won't have to go to the shelter anymore. And he's had a better uh, impact, in my opinion, for, in my experience, from what I've been able to see on doing that than all the statist ones. Because hmm. the, the statist so? ones become comfortable places to just 
pull out and and stay out. And I'm not surprised that people pull out. People want to get out of the rat race the way it is. When we are in a very status dominated yeah. rat race, and it sucks. Right. So I where I, the I, average I, guy could, so could just can, say to himself, you know, yeah. screw it. I'm uh, not paying these effing I'm taxes eat, anymore. Yeah. I'm going to eat free food and yeah. get checks from the government, and it's just so much of a rat race. That's it's what not this guy was it. saying today. He's essentially, yeah. you know, like I I'm working so hard to stay for what 10 percent higher than the the people that are, are so, living on welfare. So knowing that, knowing that. That that's the the scenario they're in. Uh, I don't understand why you're not more forgiving of that. You seem very intolerant of it. But knowing that the situation, the status, that there's so much status crap going on, that the only way you can make a living in this society is to work for a company that's going to screw you over in so many ways, and and that you're going to have most of your money taken from you, and you're going to have uh, your money inflated, and and you're going to be in this rat race and with inflation to try and get the things you need and. If you, knowing that that's right. what's going on, indeed, indeed, why, why are you not more forgiving of those well, it's people? Well, it's not that I'm 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 willing to forgive as long as I don't have to be confronted by it. And but you know, in in their uh, the, the 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 you know the perpetration of what they're doing by checking out, and what for whatever reason they've decided to check out, whether it's drugs or you know uh, frustration with the system or, or whatever it is, um, what they do is it it essentially sort of puts a tacit uh, expectation on me. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to provide you with food. I'm supposed to provide you with shelter. I'm supposed to sit around and answer the door so the next one of you can well, come in here and have a place to sleep. No, I would, and yeah. I do not feel that way. I'm I, of the I, opinion I w- that I have worked my motherfucking butt off since I got out of prison in order to have all the shit that I've got. And it isn't much, I'll no, no, admit. I, I but I, I worked my ass off for it. And then in order to give it to some motherfucker who could work his ass off if he wanted to and just doesn't feel like it. I don't it, think just, you should do it out of a sense of guilt or expectation or responsibility i say if you do it do it because you're internally motivated to do it because that's what you want to do because it'll achieve your goal right and that's what i would rather try to persuade you and with. for you that works and it I is mean, working it, for it me absolutely is working for you and I i've learned and one well i'm t- saying though that i i think there's a le- there's a degree of ignorance that even i went into it with that, that i i was already i was i was going into it saying i think i'm kind of ignorant about this i don't think that I, I'm, I'm gonna go meet some real homeless people and i felt like i really did go and meet you know and have some ignorance to spell but i went into it thinking that you know you know i you know i had this sense and I, this is, comes from partly from my quaker meditations and such these are real people just like me mm-hmm. and and maybe they are lazy some of them and, and i'm sure and some of them are i'm not i'm gonna just gonna say it but but a lot of them are not. A lot of them are in circumstances that really suck in a really bad economy and stuff like that. Sure. And even the ones that are just lazy, let's say, let's say they're just lazy. Well, I don't know what circumstances put got them to that point. You know how they were raised, uh, the state of society they're in that may help to, to shape them that way. Whatever it was, circumstances that made them lazy, and it kind of pisses me off that they're lazy. Maybe, but should they die for it? I mean, should they die, die. in the cold for it? I mean, do they deserve to die because they're lazy? Or There's whatever? all kinds of options and, for them. They just don't choose to pursue them. There are shelters here where you just have to follow the rules. I know they're the making bad choices, Mark. They are right. right. I mean, Lots they're, they're, of them. Over some of them are on heroin. How do you? Here's some how you stop heroin. They're making really bad choices. Bad choices. You, experience. Well, but Expe- sometimes you know, the good choices. Sometimes good the judgment comes from experience. Experience comes from bad judgment. You can't tell a motherfucker nothing. They've got to figure it out. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy him a car. I'm just like putting them in a place where they're not going to freeze to death at night. Sure. And, and, I, and I, I'm just saying the experience of dying out in the cold is not going to teach them anything. The experience of somebody else dying out in the cold might teach the next guy. Well, that. I'd rather teach them a different way than that. I think there's a better way to teach maybe them that the than, compassion than for someone to of, die out in the cold. Maybe the compassion so, of their fellow man will help uh, encourage them don't to Don't they get compassion the right at the soup, soup kitchen? And meanwhile, while well, I'm doing all food? this stuff, when I go and talk to someone about liberty, they're listening to it from the point of view of... 
this person is I've already dispelled their 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 preconceptions about yes. me. You're right if about they're that. liberal, I'm an ultra conservative. If they're conservative, I'm an ultra liberal. Yep. Uh, all, right off the bat because I'm a libertarian. And well, all, you don't but, dispel but most of these, you don't dispel the ultra liberal thing by working what? at the homeless shelter. But you, I, admittedly, yeah, I you. in this community where most people are liberal and libertarians are are feared for being ultra conservative, I'll admit you yeah. have a huge toehold. That yeah. that one okay. I am not going to argue with. <laughs> but you know, like it's it's difficult for me to feel a passion for what you're talking about. And and my plate is full as far as oh, uh, I, you know, I, I all, all kinds of projects. Well, again, but, I would never, I, I don't believe in, I, I don't want to guilt trip anyone. I'm As a libertarian, I do not have any expectations well, of you, people. Actually, you were saying a, you felt a certain amount of frustration because you were posting well, on these Well, because I boards. think that they share my goals and this is a great way to achieve them. And and I feel frustration because I haven't convinced them of that. But I don't judge them and say they're bad people because they haven't come helped or anything like that. I well, did, to what I Mark honest, said before, you know, you've got a lot more free time than most of the yeah. activists in oh, this area. And I enjoy it. I mean, I don't do it I don't do it out of drudgery. I don't want if someone sure. if it's drudgery for someone, I really do don't it. want them to go do right. it. Like if you don't feel like you're getting more out of it than you're putting into it, that that's Should free stop. market talking to you right there. Right. That's not it's not your thing. Do something else. But uh, but um, you know, again, I again, if I but if I can convince him, look, if you want to bring about a, a peaceful voluntary society, if you want to establish uh, a sense of community with other people around here, so that when you're talking to them about liberty issues, they're not looking at you like you're the enemy. If you want to do that kind of thing and have success, then this is I'm just I, I, I you know, I'm just trying to persuade people this is a good way to do it. So um but you know, again, you know, everyone has to decide for themselves, is it worth the amount the effort, especially if you're working forty, fifty, sixty hours a week. Some of these people are. Some of our friends that uh that have moved to Keene are working you know, a lot and I can't say go do an overnight shift at the shelter, you you know, when I'm able to do it and then yeah. go home and take a nap, you know. So All right. So that's that then, right? Out of time for tonight. Thanks for staying extra, folks. And it's your crazy host saying have a good night. Good night. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. Okay, and it's a another edition of the Edgington Post, and uh, today I have with me Dr. Catherine Albrecht. Dr. Uh, Albrecht, are you there? I sure am. Great. And uh, I guess in addition to being a, a privacy advocate and the, the spy chips RFID researcher, I'm also now the U.S. spokesperson for StartPage because I fell in love with him about a year ago. And uh, the more I the more I delve into this whole issue of search engine privacy, the more horrified I have become, along with, I, I must add, most of Europe who's starting to realize this stuff, about some of the practices on the Internet that are going on that we don't even know about and how we're all contributing huge amounts of information into a centralized database, that database being the one held by Google. So um, now... I generally, you know, the when when governments collect data, it bothers the crap out of me. But when private companies collect data, I mean, I I, I understand that to be sort of you know one of the things that I trade in order to get you know better goods and services. Well, I got to tell you, my my take on that because I'm a free market libertarian, and yes, I have a problem with the government obtaining information about us, certainly. But I also have a problem with private companies obtaining information about me in ways that I'm not aware of and that I don't have any control over. Because nowadays what's happening is the government, rather than go on its own fishing expeditions uh, and rummaging around your information, they just go to the big corporations that are kind of in collusion with them and ask them to hand over the data. So what concerned me is when Eric Schmidt 
CEO of Google recently told Maria Bartiromo on TV that uh, if you don't want the government to know what you're searching for, you shouldn't be searching for it because they will be happy to turn over your personal searches and your personal information in response to a Patriot Act request. So, so you Google know, said that, that doesn't just mean that you've got to be individually suspected of a crime. Down the road, they could say, tell us everybody who's ever had an interest in Ron Paul or anybody who has an interest in uh, the, the Second Amendment or abortion issues, and voila, you could get a whole swath with a couple of mouse clicks of every single person in the country who's ever looked those things up. And that was, that was the CEO of Google that said that? Yeah, that was Eric Schmidt. You can actually watch that up on YouTube. Just uh, look up Eric Schmidt, Google, and Patriot Act, and you can actually watch him saying that, and it'll chill you to the bone. At least it chilled me. So, and and that's that's disturbing as as heck. I hadn't heard that myself. Um, But now, you know, I've stopped using, pretty much stopped using Google. I've uh, I've used it in a couple of cases where I didn't feel that, uh, you know, StartPage gave me, you know, the, the, the answer that I wanted to get. But the vast majority of the time I'm using StartPage.com as my, um, you know, as my search engine. And so I'm not really using Google. Does that, does that same issue confront me? Well, let me, let me just quickly address that and then I'll answer your question. Uh, when, on, on the rare occasion, and I'd say over the last year I've been using StartPage exclusively, it's been maybe 10 times, and, uh, and I do, I probably have 50 new websites open every day, so just to put that in perspective because I do my own radio show, yeah. maybe 10 times that I didn't find what I was looking for. I said, I know I saw that once on Google. I will then go to scribble.org, which is a proxy for Google, and they'll hmm. search Google directly for me before I'll go to Google. I won't go to Google. Oh, I, had, I just I refuse. I had never even but, heard of uh, it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's Scribble, well, dot org. Don't go to Scribble.com because it's a triple X porn website, but make sure you go to Scribble.org. And what they'll do, you click on the uh, Scribble Scraper, Google Scraper, I think, and they will actually do your Google search for you, proxy the results, and then serve them to you without Google seeing you at all. Google gotcha. org. So that's kind of a nice, you know that start page is a proxy for all the other websites, all right. the other search engines. Yeah, they search 11 for you, go to them, get the results from them, and then give them back to you privately. But uh, the answer to your question, even if you avoid Google altogether and you use StartPage and Google on those rare cases that you don't find what you want through StartPage, Google is still adding to its dossier on you, and here's how they do it, and this is horrifying to me. When you're surfing the web, and you land on a website that has a Google ad, you know, they'll say little ads by Google. Yeah, I've seen that. A display ad, maybe a text ad. Then that website, uh, in every case except for startpage.com, all of those websites have a relationship with Google where they look at your cookies, they identify who you are, they go into Google's database to see if Google has any goods on you. And if you have a Gmail account, then that would be all the contents of your emails, for example. Mm-hmm. And then they serve you an ad corresponding to your particular interests as identified by your Google profile. So More how, how do they know still, my interests? Um, from well, my... they know your interests because either you're typing them in via the, the, the Google search engine, which mm-hmm. is what, what 90% of people are doing, or if you have a Gmail account, then they can determine them based on scanning your email. Gmail Email users don't realize that every email that you write gets read by Google. Uh, they don't have human beings doing it. There's not enough eyeballs in the world to do it, but sure. they have computer-generated uh, programs. And if you write, for example, about, hey, I'm looking forward to playing tennis this weekend, they'll grab the word tennis, mm-hmm. or I'm looking forward to my Miami vacation. Uh, they love the capital letter words, by the way, because those are even more uh, specific. But they'll grab those, and then they'll put them on your Google profile. They'll sort of stick them up like on the whiteboard of your life. 
and then say, oh, Miami vacation, oh, tennis, oh, whatever, Ron Paul. And then the next time you're on some website and that is reporting back to Google, hey, on the car parts website, I just saw one of your users here. Tell me what his interests are and give me an ad that corresponds. Then that ad goes up on the car parts website based on your Google profile. That's true not only for people who have Gmail accounts, but for people who write to Gmail accounts. So every time I write an email to someone at a Gmail account, even though I don't touch it, they've grabbed that information out of that, that email as well. So the big picture here is not only are those ads personalized. Uh, I heard about this from a woman who was chatting with a friend via Gmail about uh, some Scooby-Doo episode they remembered from the 70s. And the next day, she's on some totally unrelated jewelry information website, and all of a sudden, there's an ad for Scooby-Doo. And she thought, what a, what a weird coincidence. Well, it wasn't a weird coincidence. It happened more and more over the next couple of days. It was because they put Scooby-Doo in her profile. And not only do they now know that she's interested in Scooby-Doo from her email, but they also know that she was on the jewelry website. Because any website you land on with one of these Google ads under contract, with the exception of StarPage, uh, every, every other website out there that's doing anything with Google is putting uh, your information back into Google's database. So they'll say, hey, we got one of your users on our website. They viewed this ad. They, they were on at this time. They clicked on these links. They looked at these pages of our website. And all of that goes back to the mothership of Google. Isn't that, so they Google have to not do- only knows... They'd have to do that because it's the Google Ads contract would sort of allow, you know, the Google Ads themselves actually report back, right? That's right. Well, the the website where the Google Ad is placed reports back to Google and phones home and says, we saw this person with these cookies on our page. They viewed these ads from you. Hence, you know that they were on these pages of our website. And now Google not only knows what you typed into Google or into Gmail, but they also know the other websites that you were visiting which is even more disturbing. Well, I, so, you know, when you say, I, I don't have a problem with that, I have a huge problem with that happening when I'm simply surfing the Internet trying to avoid Google, and all these websites are phoning home to Google telling me they saw me and where they saw me. They certainly are expensive. Now, um, the, uh, I guess uh, what my question here is, is if I have a website uh, that has Google ads on it, I don't, <laughs> but if I did have one, I wouldn't report back to Google. That, that's not me. Who, who's going to report back to Google? Well, that's part of the whole setup that you run when you install Google software on your system to personalize those Google ads for your for your visitors. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So the software does that. The software says, oh, this IP address is uh, it viewed this cookie, interacted with this user based on these cookies, and served up this, uh, this set of ads to this individual. And so that's how they, they track it. So um, what does one do in order to uh, prevent being uh, tracked and spindled and uh, punched and, and uh, folded and collated? Well, you can, uh, that, that's why I really like the StartPage proxy, because if you do click up, let's say you're using StartPage, and you get a search result and you want to go there, and you don't know before you get there, obviously, whether they're running Google Ads or not, you can hit proxy, go there directly, check out the contents of the page, and the ads that you'll see are going to be very different than if you go there directly because they don't know your information. So the ads at that point will be contextual. You're on a jewelry information website, you'll see an ad for some jewelry stuff instead of a Scooby-Doo or a Miami vacation ad. So if you, if you go to the websites that you visit through the Start Page Proxy, then the websites cannot interact with your browser. They can't see your cookies. They can't figure out who you are to access a Google profile on you to serve you individual ads. 
and they can't tell Google that you were on the page because they don't know you were there. They just know somebody, some unknown entity from StartPage was on their website. So it's a way to, to get a little more anonymity. And the last thing I should point out is when you, if you're really concerned about these issues, when you use StartPage, use the HTTPS version. That's the encrypted version with SSL encryption, 256-bit mm-hmm. um, uh, encryption on your transmissions. And that means that your ISP, like your Comcast, which is also monitoring your surfing habits for marketing purposes, that means they can't see what you're surfing. So it's wow. HTTPS colon slash slash startpage.com. If you just go to regular start page and then put the little S after that, you'll be on an, an encrypted socket connection. And that way nobody can intercept you. And that's especially cool if you're surfing, say, at a coffee shop or a Starbucks or something where you're on public Wi-Fi. That way nobody can grab you all. If they do grab your transmission, they'll just see unintelligible encrypted garbage. Well, uh, you know, thank you for the service that is StartPage and, uh, you know, allowing people to be able to, to, to surf the Internet uh, without, uh, you know, having to deal with, uh, you know, being tracked or whatever. And, and uh, you know, Google taking their information or all these other companies taking their information and all of them just seem to be willing, as willing as they could possibly be to turn it all over to the government. So it's nice that there are some alternatives. And we love you guys there at, at Free Talk Live, and we love Free Talk Live listeners. So a big a big heart and, and kisses out to all you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine Albert. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. 